go spread the word. When you get a fresh, hot McCrispy from McDonald's and you can feel the heat coming through the bag, don't try to wait till you get home. Always respect hot chicken. The McCrispy only at McDonald's. Ba da ba ba ba. Want to make Mom's day? Get to your Nordstrom Rack now and score amazing deals for Mother's Day, which is Sunday, May twelfth. Find tons of gifts from only thirty dollars at Nordstrom Rack. Fragrance, jewelry, luxury bags, activewear, beauty, and more. Save on Kate Spade, New York, Stuart Weitzman, and Ted Baker, London. Great brands, great prices. So shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and treat mom to the good stuff from just thirty dollars. You are listening to the Reality Steve podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Peter's upcoming season of The Bachelor and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 152. We got a double podcast for you this week. We got a lot to get to. A lot. Like, more than normal. This is one of the longer podcasts I've ever done between the two people, although our first guest, Luke Parker, takes up probably 85-90% of it. However, before we get started, let me talk to you about Bona. Bona makes it easy to care for your hardwood floors with innovative products that give you a daily clean, a timeless shine, and a lifetime of protection. Water-based solutions and Green Guard Gold certification ensure a safe product for your family, pets, and our planet. It comes ready to use. Just spray and mop. Bona Hardwood Floor Cleaner is available at most retailers where floor cleaning products are sold on Amazon and on Bona.com. For cleaning tips and exclusive offers, visit B-O-N-A.com slash Reality Steve. So a few things I want to get to before we head into our interviews. First off with Luke Parker, it's a two-hour conversation that is very revealing. That's all I'm going to say. I will tease something in a, in a second, but um, yeah, there's a lot in this interview to take in. And then we're going to talk to Casey Starcheck, who is Ashley H's boyfriend on Temptation Island. We had Ashley H on last week. He will be on the back end of the podcast. But after Luke, I go on. For, I, I have about an eight minute diatribe about the things that he says. And um, I, I got a couple questions here before we before we move on to a- anything. One question I have is it happens once during the Luke interview where when I record an interview, I do it on my phone. Most of these interviews that I record are done on FaceTime audio. And I've I always turn on my do not disturb. And I know, you know, we've done 153 podcasts. I'd say maybe 10 or 15 of these podcasts. You hear someone call me during it and you hear the beep and I have to hit decline. However, I always have my phone set on do not disturb. But obviously it doesn't work because I have do not disturb and it says allow calls from, you know, contacts, everyone, no one. And I always have it set to allow calls from no one before I start an interview. Yet it doesn't stop people from calling in and not only calling in, but you guys as an audience hearing that beep. Am I doing something wrong? Why does do not disturb not work? I guess it doesn't work if you're actually using the phone because they're like, okay, you're using it, so you obviously can be disturbed. I don't know. I don't get it. 
but just know you're going to hear a beep once during the interview with with Luke and um I have my phone on do not disturb and it doesn't seem to stop anybody from calling in and making that noise. Um the other thing is somebody brought up to me I don't know why it took me 150 podcasts to do this but now the ads that I read on the podcast cuz a lot of you may be listening when you're not around a pen and paper and you just can't memorize the codes or the website they're now in the detailed description of the episode on Apple Podcasts. So if you go to the Apple Podcasts and you listen to this show on Apple Podcasts and you just go to the details section where I describe the episode and have the timestamp, I'm now going to include whatever ad I read for that particular podcast. Don't ask me why it took me 150 episodes to realize that sh- I should have been doing this the whole time. I- I- I'm an idiot. Sorry about that. But I did it. Last week, I didn't have any ads, so there's nothing there. But if you go back to... Um, the Mark Wahlberg interview on uh, episode number one fifty. You'll see. Uh, you'll see. Uh, you'll see the ads uh, in there in the details description of the episode. So that will now be a part of the episode description on Apple Podcasts. I wanted to say that. Don't forget Nell Coulter's recaps of Temptation Island are up every Friday. So you'll hear Casey Starcheck at the end of this podcast. You'll watch the episode tonight. Hopefully, Temptation Island on USA every Thursday night. And then you'll get Nell's recap on Friday mornings. So before we get into Luke Parker, I just wanted to say a couple things. Um, He does say some things in this podcast that I had never heard before. And Luke does say some things that you probably have never heard before. And he gives a lot of production behind the scenes things that were not shown. Um, I know we're dealing with Luke Parker, someone who's not well-liked in the show because a lot of people have framed their opinion of him based on what they saw in the 10 episodes this season of him. People were sick of him. I get it. All I want you to do is listen to what he has to say because I don't think a lot of the things he has to say are really that far-fetched. I've been telling you this kind of stuff for years, but to hear it come directly from a contestant, Uh, it's pretty revealing to say the least. And there's one thing that he hits on towards the end. I think it's about an hour and 30 minutes into the podcast of what happened that night in Greece when he's sitting at the dinner table with Hannah that I had not heard yet. And I have a feeling that this is going to become a thing now. And maybe Hannah will get asked about it. Maybe media is going to pick up on it. I think they will. And, um, it's, I, I give my I don't want to give it away now, but you'll hear at the end of the Luke podcast, I do about eight or ten minutes after that, giving my thoughts on what he said. All I ask you to do is keep an open mind. We're not looking to change minds with the interview because people, for the most part, aren't going to change their mind because the people that don't already like him are going to say he's using it, he's making excuses, he's making this up to make himself look better. And if that's the way you feel, that's the way you feel. We're not going to change your mind. But I really want you to actually listen to what he's saying, and I want you to listen to the examples that he gives about what happened that wasn't shown. It's really, really interesting stuff. I hope you like it. It's episode number 152. First up, Luke Parker, and then it'll be followed by Casey Starcheck from Temptation Island. Enjoy. All right, time to bring in our guest um, to say that he was one of the most Talked about contestants in Bachelor Bachelorette history would probably be an understatement. Luke Parker joins us today. Luke, thanks for coming on. <laughs> hey, I'm glad to be here, Steve. Um, you know, I appreciate you doing this. I, I know you went on Olivia's for podcast sure. a month ago, and yep. 
I specifically chose not to listen to that just in case you ever came on this for a couple of reasons. I, I didn't want to already know what you might say before you said it, and I wanted to form my own opinion. And and there's clearly a lot to go over here from your time on Hannah's season, as you know. I'd say... Yeah, there's a lot. <laughs> I, I would say a majority of the people who watch this season and are probably listening right now have already formed their opinion of you based on what they saw, and it's probably not a positive one. And... I, I want to give you I would the agree opp- with that. yeah, and I want to give you the opportunity today, not necessarily to come on here and and change everyone's minds because you're not going to, but I want to sure. give I want you to give us a little insight into why you did and said some of the things that you did and kind of get let us know yeah. Luke Parker that yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah. on the show. So um, I want to start from the beginning. And first off, let's make it perfectly clear. I know there's going to be things that you say today that I'm totally going to disagree with you on, and when that happens, I I, w- I will let you know, and it's not to to chastise you or anything, but I. I want to maybe give you a different perspective on it that maybe you haven't realized or maybe you haven't heard. And I just want to kind of have more of a healthy discussion about it as opposed to just sitting here and saying, you know, Luke, you're wrong or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, let's do it. um, First, let's get started from the very beginning. How much of Colton's season had you watched before? I believe it was your sister-in-law that applied for you to be on the show. And had you watched this show before Colton's season? Were you aware of it? I was aware of it before Colton season, but I had never watched like I every now and then. Well, let me just say this a year before I got the phone call is when I broke up with my ex-girlfriend before Hannah Brown. And when I was dating her, she and her family did watch the show and I watched like maybe one episode. I don't even know. I couldn't even tell you what season it was, Okay, but no, I never really watched the show. Was definitely aware of it, and then yeah, so I get out of the relationship, and my my sister in law Hannah and my brother like halfway fill out an application, and my sister in law submits it, and she thought there's no way Luke's getting on. She, it's so funny. She claims that she just wanted to know what went on behind the scenes, so I was going to be her spy. Little do I know, I have no idea this is going on. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was crazy. About a year later, I get a phone call. And the, when the lady said, hey, we think you're a good candidate, I literally told her, is this a prank call? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that's how it happened. And then so I actually had the opportunity. I think it was right before I they asked me to fly out to L.A. for the final casting through the interview process. It was right when Colton season started. And by then, I started watching it. So I watched all of Colton's season, except for I think for like the last maybe episode or two because I flew out to film for The Bachelorette. Yeah. And I, I wanted to watch it just because I figured, you know, what if I do go on this show? I'd like to see who maybe I might be dating. <laughs> so I did yeah. watch his season. And we saw you first at the After the Final Rose because, yep. you know, they got the five guys that they introduced to her early. And I think you were the first one out, right? Yeah, it was the very first guy. And and people kind of forget you did not get the rose that night. It was Cam because of his because of his rapping. Um Yeah, he was that was nice. Yeah. And so <laughs> I mean people were like, Okay, and it was one of these things where, okay, well, five guys and uh you know, it's a very short introduction and I don't even remember what you said to her. Um, but it was Cam that ended up getting the rose that night. And then the show starts airing and I think you were immediately behind the eight ball from the second your intro video aired. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> your experience is your experience. Um, 
But when you said that God had spoken to you in the shower and essentially told you to stop behaving the way you were, I, how, how did you think that that was going to cross, going to come across to people? Or did you just not think about it when you said that? So I actually was in an interview in my living room for the intro package. Yeah. And I was just having a conversation. I was talking to one of the producers and she was asking me just kind of the rundown of my whole life. And did I know it was going to, you know, if that one moment was going to get edited and put in my intro package? No. And did I know that it was going to be put in when I was in the shower, when I'm talking about the shower? No, I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I was just sharing kind of my experience with God and explaining kind of the lifestyle I had where I was pretty much dating for fun and not dating for marriage. And then I explained to her how, you know, I had um, an experience with God and then my, my desires and my focus changed less of myself and more for him. And my relationship with God grew. And then I told her, I was like, Hey, look, now I'm focusing on dating for marriage and I'm ready because a lot of their questions were about marriage. You know, are you ready for marriage? Are you ready for this? Are you ready for that? Especially through the whole interview process and the intro package. So those are types, the types of questions, you know, they're wanting to ask you in the interview. Yeah. I mean, I I could see, I mean, that part makes sense about how, you know, basically maybe living the bachelor lifestyle and just, you know, hooking up and having one night stands, whatever the case may be. It sounded like that's the route you were going and you just weren't, being serious about any relationship you were in. And then you had this, you know, quote unquote, come to Jesus moment. Um, was it yeah. seriously? I mean, I, I, and I don't, I don't mean to sound flippant on this, but I, was it seriously a conversation like you, f- or was it maybe you were in the shower and you just thought about it? Like what, when you say God spoke to you, what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah. Uh- more than happy to get into detail. So I was pretty much in the shower and to put it into context. And I was, I I had all this guilt and shame feeling because, you know, I, at the time was, I was a believer and I knew that the lifestyle I was living, I wasn't living according to God's word. And I felt all this shame. So I was actually, um, praying in the shower and it wasn't like I heard an audible voice. Like I could hear God speaking to me. Yeah. I was in prayer and it was like, I could feel God telling me to just let go and follow him. And really what was happening was I was being convicted, uh, by the Holy spirit. So that in a nutshell is what made me turn from the old lifestyle and, you know, go towards this new one, which this was about five years ago now. So just to give you more context on timeline. So yeah. this was like my after my sophomore year of college. And I think because it was thrown into a soundbite of God spoke to me in the shower, I mean, that's what became the running joke was. Yeah. yeah that was, and, and, and it immediately it, it immediately told us what this Luke P character was going to be on this upcoming season of yeah. Hannah's season. I mean, it was. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, that's just the way it was. Um, okay. So mm-hmm. first night happens and Hannah has been very vocal, even post-show when, and you know, even at men tell all when she was constantly asked, you know, why did you keep Luke around as long as you did? And she basically said that on that first night, 
she felt that you truly were the only one there for her because she felt a lot of others were there thinking it was going to be Hannah G. And she she has said that you guys really connected that night. So tell us more about the first night that formed this bond that nobody seemed to understand all season. Yeah, no one understands how she lightened so much. And it's because of these strong, deep conversations we had that didn't air. So earlier, I don't want to backtrack too much, but earlier you said, I don't even know what you said to Hannah at the AFR. So I, I was the first guy to come out and meet her. Yeah, And just real quick, in a nutshell, pretty much what I told her was, hey, I wasn't going to come if it wasn't you. Like, I'm only here for you. And then I, you know, do my whole limo scene. Boom. My first conversation with her, the first impression night. And I got deep right off the bat. I pulled, first of all, I quoted something that she said on Colton's season. I don't remember exactly what week it was was earlier on. And she told Colton in a one-on-one conversation with Colton, she said, hey, look, like I'm striving to be the wife of noble character. And boom, a light bulb went off in my head. I'm like, she's quoting Proverbs 31 in the Bible. Like this looks like the kind of girl that I could possibly date. And this is, you know, this is before I fly out to LA for the final casting. And I'm thinking in my mind already before she even is before you, Steve, uh, spoiled that she was the one to be the bachelorette. (laughs) I'm thinking, Oh man, if she gets selected, you know, maybe I will go on the show. Cause I was actually, um, thinking about not doing it altogether. So I pull out this bracelet that I made her on the first night. And it was a Proverbs 31 bracelet, had a little cross on it and my, my initials and I handed it to her and pretty much we had a, a deep faith conversation and you know, it doesn't air, but pretty much in a nutshell, she makes it very clear to me that it's important for her future husband, uh, to be a Christian, to be a believer and have a relationship with God. And I told her, Hey, look, like it's very important to me that my future wife has a relationship with God as well. And I knew that first conversation was going to be very telling for me on how our relationship would be. And I was thinking, Oh man, I was like, we were talking about a little bit about family. I mean, we didn't have much time to talk and I'm thinking, Oh man, like this is great. We had a phenomenal first conversation. I already feel like we're on the same page, even though it's our first conversation. And that was, I think why I got the first impression rose was because you know, I told her from the beginning I want I was there for her and then you know we connected strong early on. Yeah, and at no point did we ever see anything about a Proverbs thirty one bracelet or any no. of your faith conversation with her that first night. And I think that yeah. shapes a lot of I mean that's that explains a lot, honestly, of why she kept you as and kept sticking her neck out for you when every other guy was against you. And Yeah, for sure. I just with what with what errors you're like, Hannah, why are you keeping this Luke P guy around? Yeah. What are you thinking? Yeah. I mean, everyone was saying it and it didn't oh, make yeah. it didn't make sense. And now knowing that on the first night, I mean, yeah, we knew that she had given you the first impression, Rose, but we really didn't know why. It was just, oh, she liked exactly. this guy, I had a good conversation with her. I don't even remember the conversation that was shown at the mansion that you had with her, but whatever it was, it certainly wasn't faith-based and certainly wasn't anything of you giving her a a bracelet uh, of something that she had said on a previous season. If I'm her, absolutely, that would make me connected to you. Like, this guy took the time to remember something that I said last season. I mean, I get it. I I, I get it, and I also get why it wasn't shown. So, um, 
Okay, so the first group date happens, and it's the beauty contest. And, you know, again, you are front and center because on the beauty date, uh, the beauty pageant date, you tell Hannah that uh, you are in love with her, but there was more to that scene, right? Yep. So what happened? Yep. That's, well, first of all, and, you know, I got to just be honest with you right now, Steve, like, a lot of our conversations that we're going to have on this podcast, I'm going to have to check myself to make sure I'm not being prideful in my responses. And the reason I bring that up right off the bat when you bring up this date is because, you know, the truth is, yeah, did I feel like, and let me just be clear about what I said. I said, I'm starting to fall in love with her, yeah. which you should never say that date one, especially not on a microphone on a stage in a beauty pageant or whatever. With, in front with of a, all these other guys <laughs> and with a, yeah and with a crowd yeah i mean it yeah. was just no yeah what are you thinking dude like come on right well the reason i talk about checking myself on prize because you know i'm the first to admit like i even allowed myself to be swayed you know i don't want to stay away from the word manipulated but you know do things I probably wouldn't have done without having conversations behind the scenes with producers. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to put any blame on them um, because, you know, who's responsible for my actions, myself, no matter what. And, you know, there was definitely talks of, you know, my producer telling me, Hey, you know, if you think you're starting to fall in love with her, like you need to tell her and me thinking, well, I would do that in my one-on-one time. Like I would never do that in my speech. But yet, you know, being pushed to do things again, probably out of my character, but I'm responsible. So totally on me. Yeah. And then I would, I would just say too, I think, I mean, I've, I've brought this up on Olivia's podcast and you know, it was frustrating for me watching it air. You know, I'm the only one that gives a speech when everyone gives a speech, which it would have been funny. I thought, cause some of those speeches were, were good and I didn't even do a talent. So it looks like my talent is my speech. Everyone did a talent, even myself. So I thought that was, you know, just as a a dude who lived it, it's like, dang, come on, man, like air that. <laughs> wasn't your wasn't your talent like handstand walking? Didn't you do that or something like that? Was that yours or is that? Yeah, yeah. I handstand walked down the stage, came down and talked to her, and then handstand walked back. So. And I then, do CrossFit, so I was like, man, I was, I was going to give a shout-out to all my CrossFit boys, but they didn't air it. <laughs> so, so essentially, everyone had to do a talent, and then all eight guys had to get up there and give a speech about how they felt about her or something like that was the, th- was the deal? Yeah, actually, it goes a little deeper. So the judges were like, all right, for the speech, you know, tell Hannah how you feel about her. Or, no, no, tell Hannah what you think um, the Mr. Right is and, like, Oh, that's right, because it was the Mr. What is the, what it should be for her. And then also you're supposed to throw shade at the other guys in your speech or at some point in the show, like on the microphone, yeah. so, which was which was hilarious because they didn't air any of that. We're all throwing shade at each other, like, you know, taking um, jabs at each other. But it was funny. But, you know, they don't show that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was eight people that said something, yet only yours was shown and yours was shown technically as your talent. And that's what. Again, the way it's shown, the way uh, uh, the way a faith-based conversation and a and a bracelet given to her um was not shown 
this was shown in a way to paint you in a certain light to make people look at you a certain way. So uh, again, like you said, it, it ultimately can't, I mean, you shouldn't have said it. Definitely Um, not. (laughs) Definitely not. You shouldn't have said you were starting to fall in love with her on date one. It just, no matter how you were feeling. Um, so yeah, but, but we know this, we know that, you know, I love how the show constantly tries to say that they, Hey, you know, it's on the contestants, you know, it's, we, we just sit there and film. It's just like, come on. I mean, I, 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 they're never going to give away their secrets, but come on. It's, it's clearly <laughs> obvious what they do yeah, behind sure. the scenes to, to get people to do and say, it's like, you can't pin it on the, con- you know, you have to say the contestant has to take full ownership of what they do, which that's I, fine. which I agree with. Yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. But those people also have to be told also that the audience also has to be aware that sometimes when a, when a contestant is saying something or doing something on screen, it's because not only of what production is kind of, you know, nudging them or pushing them in a way to do it. And I don't want to say there are threats given, but they might say that there might be a consequence if you don't do something. And that's completely lost on a majority of the audience. And I'm not sure if that's what they said for you. Like, Hey, if you don't do this, she might send you home, which would have been ridiculous because she had just given you the first impression road. She's not sending you home the next episode, but right, right. I know it happens. And so yeah, that, people need that, to be aware, made yeah, aware that def- of that. Definitely goes down. Um, they're good. At, they're good with what they do. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, let's take a break. One quick ad for you this week. If you're struggling to get a good night's sleep, You've got to try a purple mattress. The purple mattress will probably feel different than anything you've ever experienced because it uses this brand new material that was developed by an actual rocket scientist. It's not like the memory foam you're used to. The purple material is both firm and soft at the same time, so it keeps everything supported while still feeling really comfortable. Plus, it's breathable, so it sleeps cool. Try it for 100 nights, risk-free, and if you're not completely satisfied, you can return your mattress for a full refund. It's backed by a 10-year warranty plus... You get free shipping and returns. You're going to love Purple. And right now, you'll get a free Purple pillow with the purchase of a mattress. That's in addition to the great free gifts they're giving, they're offering statewide. Just text Steve to 84888. The only way to get this free pillow is to text Steve to 84888. That's Steve, S-T-E-V-E, to 84888. Message and data rates may apply. Now, let's get back to Luke Parker, uninterrupted for the remainder of the podcast. So let's get to the second group date, which was the Secret Life of Pets one where you guys yep. had that and yep. Demi, Demi spied on it and whatnot. And, and yep. the after party, Hannah kind of gave you a little bit of a lecture to kind of to back off. Like, hey, things are good between us. You're, you're coming on too, spr- too, too strong. Too strong, yep. Too and then strong. you went back and talked to the guys and said you were thinking of going home. So as an audience, we're sitting there saying what – he just told her he's starting to fall in love with her last episode, but now it's almost like his ego is bruised and he's saying he would leave because of it. So you see how that might come across. What, why were you yeah. thinking of leaving? What happened there? You're really testing my brain cells right now. So, <laughs> cause I'm trying to think of what aired and what happened in her life. So yeah, just refresh, true. refresh me again real quick. So what airs, I tell her them starting to fall in love with her. And then I, I actually say what they air me saying, I want to go home. It was you on the couch with the guys. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And the guys were – I think it was the guys saying like – or they, they they could tell after you had just spoken to Hannah that you were in a bad mood because right. Hannah had basically just kind of said, you know, 
and, and in your mind, I think you're sitting there going like, wow, I thought things were going great between us, and now she just basically scolded me. And yep. I think at that point, you say something to the effect of, I, I might... Yeah, I remember now. I might I remember. Leave. Okay, so Yeah, yeah. So she actually... So we, we get there, right? She, she comes up. She's looking great. And we're all sitting there. And she actually, instead of sitting down and talking with us and then someone taking her away, she says right off the bat, Luke P, I want to talk to you. So she goes and talks to me. She gives me a rundown of how pretty much she thinks I'm being overly confident, coming off of the cross as cocky, yeah. thinking it's all about me. And I'm just like a sponge taking it in. So I'm like, all right. Sounds good. I'm going to quit doing that. Still a little like confused at some, some of the things of how I came across that way. But yeah, I, mean, I totally get it. And then we go back in there and I don't remember exactly how it came up, but Garrett actually brought up um, how he was having contemplation of wanting to go home. And I told him, I was like, look, dude, like if I'm going to be, you know, transparent here and I'm going to open up to you, I'm like, dude, I've had the same contemplation. Like I told him I was, and like a lot of this gets, you know, chopped up, but I told him, I was like, look, like I even had contemplated even coming here or not, you know? Yeah. I wanted to be with Hannah. It's Hannah. I come here and it's like, even from being here, I can see how it's like, we, we have limited time with her. You know, at the end of this, if we even make it that far, we're expected to uh, possibly get down on the knee and all this other stuff. And I'm told him, I was like, look, like I've even thought about going home up to this point. And I told him, I was like, but I'm, you know, focused on what I think the, what great potential there could be in the future with me and Hannah. And I was like, you know, thinking of that and the possibility of actually, being engaged to a woman that I can spend the rest of my life with, like, is what's going to drive me to stay here and want to fight for her. And that was the conversation that Garrett and I had on the sofa little scene that we had set up with the other guys. And he and I were pretty much going back and forth on how we felt about that. And yeah, I'm pretty sure what aired was like me saying, "Yeah, I want to, I, w- I want to kind of go home as well or something." I don't even remember how it was, but it looked bad. Yeah, I think I think one of the guys asked, "Why do you think you want to go home tonight?" And you just said, "Like, I, just because I don't." I think you even said, "I don't think that I'm in." Um, I can't say that I'm in love with her or something like that, which was to the audience a little bit shocking because we had just heard what you had said the previous episode. Right. So that's that's where it got confusing on that, and that's like I didn't even know. I think people were just surprised that you were now. But because it happened right after the conversation with Hannah, where she told you to calm down and you know slow your roll, basically, it almost felt like, oh, this guy's ego's bruised, and now he, you know, he's thinking of thinking of leaving. Um, and yeah. I think that's the way it it came across. Um, so, I mean, that was again an issue that happened, and then you move on to Rhode Island, and here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Okay, this here we go with, with the with the rugby group date and your and your beef with Luke S. And from your perspective, what happened in that game that caused the you know tackle body slam? Because from my perspective, and I think a lot of people that were watching, because we can see it in the background, the tackle. A bunch of memes came out about it, 
is that even if you thought Luke S was coming at you, that guy's probably a hundred pounds soaking wet and you're a CrossFit guy. Like (laughs) I can't imagine you really thought that guy could hurt you in any way, shape or form. So why was the tackle necessary or why the body slam? Just tell us what happened there. Right. Yeah. I don't want to get into too much detail about like backstory, but in a nutshell, the night before he comes up to me and I'm like sitting, I think down with like Kevin and Mateo and we're having a conversation. He comes and interrupts and starts coming down on me about a conversation I had at the pet group date night um, with, with like, uh, what's his name? Dylan and Devin. And I'm like looking at Lucas like, bro, like, what's up? Why do you feel this way? Like, are we cool? Trying to like, you know, be cool with him. And he's just, I don't know. He had a bit of drink that night. So he, he and I had some animosity going into the group date. We find out it's rugby and pretty much the whole time we're playing the game and even in warmups, like he's just short with me, not really talking to me. Usually he and I have been cool like the whole season and it was pretty interesting. And I got to give it to him because he doesn't have an athletic background, you know, and he's, Obviously doesn't like it's not his goal to, you know, be this star of working out or training and all all this other stuff, right? Yeah. And this man, he was tough. I got I gotta give it to him. The, the dude could take a hit. But it was interesting when we were playing the game, you know, Luke S, like when other people would tackle him, you know, he'd shake it off, suck it up, and keep going. But like, for example, you know, whenever I would tackle him whenever he had the ball in the game. Like he would get overly upset and start cussing me out and trying to like chase after me. You know, I'm just playing the game, getting up, running around, doing, trying to put my team in the best position to win. Right. And later in the game, and you don't, you don't see any of this, but by the sideline, you know, he comes up to me and like grabs me up by the Jersey up like by my neck and is like up in my grill and about to like shove me or something. He's cussing me out. And I like, grab his hands and shove him off me because he's up in my grill. And I, I didn't like intend to like shove him on the ground or anything crazy, but I, I get him off me and he like goes back, loses his footing and slips and falls down. And as he's getting up and this is what you see on the corner of the screen over his shoulder, what airs on the, you know, the top screen yeah. of the uh, TV is, you know, you see me, my back's turned to him and you see him getting off the ground. And, you know, they don't, they don't have any of the audio, but you know, he's got some choice words for me when he's marching towards me. And then all you see me is turn around. And, you know, I was in a position, you know, granted, I'm totally admitting that, like, that was, I handled that very immaturely. And that was, you know, pride and ego coming in of, like, trying to defend myself, being in a position to feel like I had to defend myself. And, you know, picking him up and putting him on his back when, you know, I could have just not done anything. Yeah. I felt like he was coming at me, but you know, still I could handle it better. That's what happened. Okay. <laughs> there's the rundown. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I can see it. Um, again, there's, it just seems like there's so much to your story in this season that wasn't shown. Um, yeah, okay. and, uh, um, okay. So the rose ceremony happens and this one, Oh, this is bad. Yeah. This was, this was really weird because, yeah, it's bad. Um, Luke S comes up to you at the rose ceremony and says 
you told Hannah that you didn't think I was here for the right reasons, then tells you basically, go tell her right now that you made that up. And I am here for the right reasons. And you looked him in his face and apologized and said, and I will go tell him. Yeah. And said, <laughs> you will go do it. And you would go tell Hannah that Luke S is there for the right reasons. Cut to the conversation with Hannah. And not only do you not take it back, you basically doubled down on it. Yeah. So, yeah. so what happened again? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I did boldface lie to his face. And there, oh, where do I even begin with this? There's just a lot of explaining to do. When, yeah, there's when, a lot. When you say you boldface lied to his face, you're saying that when you told him you were going to go do that, you knew you weren't going to go do that? No, 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 no. Oh. I, my response, yeah, let me, let me get into that. So yeah. my response to him was, you know, I'm in this situation where, you know, this is something that I've struggled with my whole life. And, you know, regardless of production behind the scenes and other stuff and all that, right? Like I was put under pressure and I was trying to be, you know, a people pleaser and I've struggled previously in my life and you know thought i'd completely overcome it is just you know worrying too much about what other people think of me and maybe trying to do things to impress or please someone and i'm, I'm in that room with all those other guys and you know they don't air any of this but the night before um lucas and i have a great conversation we we actually hug it out obviously don't air that and we both apologize to each other i apologize to him about you know the whole rugby sideline thing, the scuffle. And I, he apologized to me about, you know, coming at me and about taking other conversations other ways. So he and I were good going into that next night because, you know, we're leaving out a, a conversation about the cocktail party after that group day night as well of him being there for the right reasons or not. But my response to him, when I told him that I would go tell her that he was there for the right reasons I straight up said that because I was in a position like, all right, you know what? I just, I just kind of want to make him happy and like get him to kind of shut up. Yeah. And like kind of like give a response of kind of pleasing him, right? And it was really because of me worrying about how I was betrayed by the other people in the room, which is something that I've struggled with personally in my life. And that was shown to me that was what happened. And it's tough for me because I'm in a situation, you know, that night before when he apologized to me, he did tell me, it's like, look, man, like, I don't know what you think, but like, I am here for the right reasons and this, this and that. And like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not saying Lucas is a bad guy or anything, but like through conversations behind the scenes and other stuff, like I could tell this dude was not there for Hannah. So whenever I went to Hannah after telling Lucas, yeah, like I'll tell her you're here for her, it was like I couldn't tell her that, you know, I would be lying to her, and I wasn't gonna let that happen. Now, regardless, there's a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff going on as well. So that's kind of that, that, that was that the tequila stuff. Like I, I, I'm sensing that yeah. you are saying that when you say that he behind the scenes stuff, you could tell that he wasn't there for Hannah. It was probably more. I'm sure he's making comments about his business and stuff like that. I mean, I'm sure that's what you're alluding to. Well, not even necessarily that. Cause I mean, that's even a long conversation. Um, so yeah, go to the, the rugby date, right? We have yeah. the night portion. 
Hannah's freaking out that I body slam with Lucas and all this stuff, and she grabs me and talks to me, and she's like, what's the deal between you and Lucas? And I tell her, I'm like, look, like, this is what went down. This is what happened. And she was, she was like, all right, that's fine. She wasn't even worried too much about me and my situation on the sideline. Uh, she, then she asked me, she even goes to ask me and they don't air this. She goes, well, what is your opinion, Luke, on Luke S? Like, I want to know how you feel about him. And my answer right off the bat was, look, like, I haven't, I don't even know this dude all that well. Like I haven't talked to him all that much to really tell you. And previously before having that one-on-one time with her. And again, I'm responsible for myself, but like I'm the first one to admit again, like there's some serious like swaying going on behind the scenes of production. And this one producer who wasn't my producer the whole time, was peppering me, telling me how look she's like, look, you remember when all Lucas talked about on that pageant date was his tequila brand that he's or tequila business, and all I hear him talk about in the mansion is his tequila business. Like, you better tell her that he's not here for the right reasons. And then you know, I end up bringing that up, and I'm like, hey, look, like I don't know him that well, but I don't think he's here for the right reasons. I think he's here for his tequila brand, mm. and that was I should never said that, and like. I apologized to him about that after. And I even told him that in the apology that they don't, they don't air the night before that rose ceremony. So that, that was, that was just all together, just jacked up and twisted up. Yeah. So, and like, I'm still like having conversations and apologizing to him about that. And like talking to him about the producers and what's really going on all on that same rose ceremony night. And it's like, you know, obviously they only air you know, so much. Yeah. That's a, that's another interesting, uh, aspect that again, there's just so much here that, that really wasn't shown. And like you said, anyone listening and anyone that was watching this season could easily sit there and say, it's still on your shoulders for what you said, which it is. And I would totally agree with that. Yeah. Which it is. But those yeah. same people have to be aware of what goes on behind the scenes. And the reason people say and do things they do is because, you know, the show's been on the air 38 year, 38 seasons and 17 years for a reason. Like you said earlier, these, these production people are very good at what they do and they know yep. how to do it. And they, they kind of, they kind of prey on people who are, naive to the process and for someone like yourself that really hadn't watched the show before Colton season and someone who's very naive like um, myself. Yeah. Um, I think you can admit that you were very, very naive to how this show worked until you 100% got there. Um, which again, some people listening right now will say that he's using it as an excuse and I don't think you are. Um, but I see where people will say, but it's still ultimately up to him. And I just, it's just this battle that I guess you're just not going to win with certain people of like, Oh, you should have said it, you know? Yeah. Um, So we move on. Let's move on to Latvia. Uh, Wait, no, not Latvia. Scotland. Sorry. Scotland. Oh yeah. Okay. So, so here we are. (laughs) Yeah. So here we are going into Scotland. Now we're up, we're in episode five and let me ask you personally, at this point, considering 
there's always been an issue with you every episode. Did you start fe- thinking in your own head, something's like, I have a feeling this isn't going well for me, or I'm going to be the talk of the season, or I'm going to be the villain. Did it ever hit you at any point during filming? Like, oh crap, like this isn't going well for me. Yep. What point was that? No, uh, it's good you say that. So I knew that 100% in Latvia. That's when it hit me. In Latvia. Okay. But yeah, in Scotland is really when it hit me. But mentally, I was like, screw this. I'm not going to let ABC make me the villain. And I did everything I could um, just through conversation. And it's tough because, you know, when you don't have cameras on you and you're hanging out, you know, wherever, whatever location you're at, and you're trying to talk about details of the show, producers will come up to contestants and say, look, like you guys can't talk about that. There's no cameras here. So it's, it's kind of hard to kind of talk about certain details behind the scenes when you want to. And I, in my mind, I'm like, I'm trying to make things right between the guys because with whatever, like they're getting fed as well behind the scenes. They're looking at me like I am this like, psychotic dude that is in love with Hannah so early and all this other stuff. Right. And, um, who, well, no, really it was the Rhode Island thing. They were looking at me like, Oh, well this dude's a liar. Like he just straight up told Lucas that he would tell Hannah this and then didn't. And I'm sitting there like, I'm not, I gotta like do something about this. I can't let this happen. But yet there's really at that point, nothing I could have done. Yeah, uh, you could, and you could obviously tell. I think uh, in Rhode Island that you know a lot of the the man chats or whatever all focused around you and what you were saying and what you were doing. So, yeah. so Scotland rolls around, and going into it, um, you ended up getting the you know your first one on one in Scotland. Mm-hmm. Going into that date, where did you feel your relationship was with Hannah at that point? Well, with our conversations, our faith conversations that none of them air, um, I felt like we had definitely a strong connection. And then, you know, granted, you're on a TV show and it's all picturesque and all these things, right? But, like, there was some some chemistry between us that was, you know, she would say undeniable. And, like, I was... Definitely, I would definitely say the same thing. And there was, besides just the faith thing, like there was other things as well that were, I think, keeping our relationship. I'd say at that point, still ahead of everyone else. Mm. And then that's that's when kind of the relationship started to catch up to me. Was because at that point, because of all the drama in Rhode Island, like we never had any quality time together. All of our conversations revolved around why do all the guys in the house hate me? Why are they against me? Why this? Why are they saying this about me? And every single time we spent one-on-one time together, and they don't ever air this, but Hannah always asks me to bring up the guys, to talk about the guys, specifically by name. And it's interesting because, you know, later on, you know, in Scotland, Garrett goes and says, Hey, keep our names out of your mouth. And like, that's when it gets interesting because I really don't know what, because what Hannah's producers are 
separate from the contestants producers. Yeah. Like they don't talk to each other. They're separate. So like, I don't have a clue what they tell her. So like, I don't know if they're like, Hey, we want you to get Luke to talk about the guys. And then, you know, I got Garrett back here saying, don't bring up our names. And I tell him, I'm like, yeah, of course not. I'm not going to bring up your name. Like I'm going to work on my relationship with Hannah. And then boom, she's like, Hey, talk to me about the guys. Well, what am I going to do? I'm going to listen to Hannah. I'm going to bring up their names. So I should have never told the guys, Hey, I'm never going to bring up your names because boom, I'm lying to them right off the bat. Cause if Hannah asked me anything, I'm going to talk about it because I'm there for her. Right. Yeah. So I had to deal with that as well in Scotland, which was, which was tough. So your date with Hannah, her, your one-on-one with her in Scotland was pretty much a disaster. Um, one of the, one complete, of the, <laughs> complete disaster. Yeah. I mean, one of the worst <laughs> one-on-ones we've ever seen, We just, cause usually when you go on a one-on-one, ever. someone gets a one-on-one, it's just like, Oh, we're doing this stuff and Oh, we're connecting and, and whatnot. The, she wants to talk you to talk about your feelings and you kept giving what seemingly were like stock answers of what you th- thought she wanted to hear as opposed to what your feelings really were. Again, yep. what happened on that date? Because she walked away. She even walked away at one point, talked to producers yep. and was like, yep. can you get this guy to talk about his feelings, please? Like, <laughs> yep. so bizarre. So what happened? What happened on the, the day portion of that day? Cause the night portion was, Another thing that completely separate, which we'll get to in a moment. Yeah, but what happened in the day sure. portion? Well, just there really wasn't a day portion. It really was all night. So let me yeah. let me give you – I think it's kind of cool. I had never said this anywhere else or to anyone really. But here's some just background information about like behind the scenes. So they wanted to get me um, a helicopter on that date, have Hannah pick me up in a helicopter and all this cool stuff. And they had like – some helicopter problems. Some stuff was going on in the helicopter that they were like, all right, well, we don't think it's safe. And then I guess they tried to fix it and then they couldn't. So they killed like three and a half, four hours. And Hannah and I had to drive another hour to a location to where we were supposed to go in the helicopter. And ends up, we only really get to spend like an hour together. So it wasn't, maybe an hour and a half, tops. And it was supposed to be, you know, on your group, or one-on-one day, you know, you get quite a few hours to spend time with them. So all automatically, right off the bat, you know, she's like, I don't know, I wouldn't say short, but I feel like she was a little frustrated because of that. Anyway, we get together and we sit down, beautiful view. We're in this beautiful spot in Scotland looking over the water and all she wants to talk to me about is how I'm handling things with the guys. So she brings up the guys and like, what's going on? What like, talk to me about it. And what she really wanted me to do was open up about my feelings and how I was handling really the, the drama in the house with the guys. And me personally, someone who definitely throughout the whole process struggled opening up to Hannah I, with my ego, was like, yo, Hannah, I'm not here for the guys. I'm here for you. Like, don't worry about me and the guys. Like, I got that taken care of. Like, let's talk about us. I want to get to know you better. And she was not having that. So that was how that conversation was such a disaster. And she really wanted me to open up. And I'm looking at her like, look, like, I don't know what you want from me. I just want to get to know you better, this, this, and that. 
And I told her, I was like, look, and what I, what I really wanted to tell her, and I really just wasn't just being frank. I wasn't smart enough to really figure out what was going on. And the truth was I was being put in situations with, you know, what was going on with production, with the relationships with the guys in the house. I was being put in a situation where it was really hard for me to be myself. And I didn't know how to express that to her. And she wanted me to open up about that. And I was pretty much telling her, like, look, like, I'm good. Like, this is me. Like, and then she asked me questions about, you know, well, I really want a man as my future husband who people are drawn to, who, who's a likable person. And she's asking me questions about why the guys don't like me and all this other stuff. And I'm looking at them like, well, let's go hang out. Let's do this. And like, you can see how people are around me. Don't, don't think about the guys and what like my relationship right now is with them, like brushing it off, you know? And she just, she wasn't having it. So she was pretty upset. So on the night portion, you know, we know that in the show you get, you get a one-on-one day, you get a one-on-one date. If you get a rose, you know, you're obviously safe. If you don't, you're essentially, you go home. home. She, She didn't give you a rose yet. You didn't go home. So again, we we see you leave, and then kind of come back. Walk walk around outside, and then say, "You're like, no, screw this. I'm coming." Like, I almost, I, I actually, to be honest with you, I forget what happened. Like when yeah, she, yeah, when, she when she didn't give you a rose, were you eliminated at that point, and you talked your way back in, or what happened? I forgot. Yes, that's what they try and make you think with what airs, because they even say. Uh, I think it's a third person like talking over, but pretty much they're like, I don't even know who says it, but there's a voice that says Luke P refuses to go home. Like he's forcing his way back in or something along the lines of that. And I think it's so funny to me because when I pull up to this beautiful like castle building in Scotland for dinner with Hannah, um, they're telling me where to stand and they're like, look right here at the end of this carpet leading up to the front door of the house. Like this is where Hannah's limo is going to pull up and they're I'm like hanging out chatting with the camera dudes. And they're like, all right, Luke walk to that spot right there and then turn around and come back. And like, they're trying to get me to see like, you know where the scene is that they're setting up and they air that where I'm, I'm walking to a point out and like, it looks like the woods and all of a sudden I turn around and when they air that, it's like, well, Luke P's refusing to go home. And I think it's hilarious because, granted, our conversation sucked, and I'm still struggling to open up to her about you know, my feelings and how I'm approaching stuff in the house with the guys at the dinner portion. But still, by the end of the night, I get to express enough to her um, that I'm struggling opening up and how I'm, I can't stand the process and how it's short-lived and all this other stuff and how I'm struggling – sharing her with multiple guys and all this stuff and ends up well let me let me back up she yeah hold on i'm getting a little ahead so she, before we start like being on good terms she actually tells me she's like look i'm not giving you this rose but i'm looking forward to the cocktail party tomorrow night and i want you just to be you and open up and I'm looking forward to this conversation. And no, I'm not giving you this rose now. 
but like I I really am like excited to talk to you tomorrow. And in my mind, I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm I was confused because I looked at her and I was like, well, wait, if I don't get a rose now, then don't I go home? And she's like, no, I want I want to talk to you tomorrow night. And then they make it look like she doesn't give me a rose and she sends me home. I come back and then we get on good terms. And it was actually her. If we're talking about real life situation, she actually I was gonna walk out before we were on good terms and she actually asked because she sent me out and then she asked for her producer to get my producer to get me to come back and talk to her even more that night so she actually asked for me back but they make it look like i refuse to come home or go home and i come back myself so there you go wow (laughs) just it's a lot that's a mouthful yeah so basically the footage that we see after she had not given you a rose was actually filmed before the night portion of the date even started. That's what you're yep. saying? Mm-hmm. Thanks. Okay. So let's go to Latvia. Um, this one was confusing as well. Yes. <laughs> like a lot was. <laughs> but this, I, now I could be wrong here because this seemed like it was stuff that we did see. And it was the issue that you had with Hannah bungee jumping with Garrett naked. And I thought you fighting that battle was going to be a losing one because it was, it's not Hannah's choice. I mean, they do, they, the date is they do what the show tells them to do. I, I was surprised that you had such an issue with her quote unquote naked bungee jumping when we, when we both know they weren't completely butt naked and touched, uh, uh, touched up against each other and whatnot and, and bungee jumped. But so right, why were right. you, why were you so bothered by that? So at first, the only, like, it wasn't her that brought it up. So we're all in this room in Latvia, and all the guys are sitting together in this, like, man-chat scene deal. We're on the sofas, right? Yeah. And Garrett comes walking in from his one-on-one date, and it was, I was, I wouldn't say turned off, but I was, like, I guess shocked and, like, kind of, you know, I would say, yeah, turned off to like what happened because of how Garrett made it out. And the way Garrett talked about her when they were bungee jumping was like totally different than like what happened. Cause he was just like, yeah, we went out, we saw this couple, this Latvian couple, um, strip to their strip nude and bungee jump together. And then, Hannah looked at me and was like, see that we're going to do that. And then he told me they went up and he's talking. Cause I mean, he told us and it was funny cause he was like, you know, and my thing, it was like, what am I most scared of? Like, and this is like, you know, in the casting process. And he said, I'm afraid of heights. And he was like, I was so scared at some point I was going to go bungee jumping or skydiving in this process. And then, he tells us that like she just strips down nude and like they strap up together and like get strapped up together on this harness and all this other stuff and I don't know I I don't really remember what verbiage he used but the way he talked about it was just like it seemed I don't know it didn't seem good to me and I was just like all right sick right before we go on this group date, like I got in my mind that Garrett's nude with my girlfriend and they're rubbing up off of each other. 
and they're on this harness like chest to chest and they're jumping off this bridge together. And then I just wanted to bring it up and to Hannah and tell her if she kept telling me, look, I want you to open up to me how you're feeling. And I went up in the lobbying group day and told her, I opened up to her. I was like, look, this is how I feel about this. And I even apologized to her. I was like, look, this is me based on my assumptions and assuming what happened, telling you how I feel about it. And I told her, I was like, look, like I don't, I didn't think that was appropriate. And I didn't like that. He, she did that with him. And I asked her, I was like, look, let me even back up and apologize. That didn't even really ask you what really happened. And then she even told me, she was like, look, I appreciate you opening up with me and tell me how you feel. And she was like, you're the only guy that even looked like they were even kind of remotely concerned that I was bungee jumping practically naked with another guy. The other guys didn't even seem to care. And she was like, I appreciate that. And she was like, well, this is really what went down. Like, you know, we were in these, I was in this robe and then we stripped down my underwear. And then while the robes are on, like we're connecting our chest harnesses and all this other stuff, right? She's getting the details. And she told me, she was like, look, like, I appreciate you opening up and tell me how you feel. And like, we had a great conversation that night and I told her, um, I told, cause like you said, it's like, she's forced to do whatever the, the date is. Right. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, yeah, I can't even begin to judge because like, what would I do if I was in Garrett shoes? I even told her, I, I was like, you know, I don't know what I would have done if I was in Garrett shoes. Like I might like, you know, I, mean? I told her some crazy scenarios of what I might've done. And I was just like, so I can't even begin to like get upset. I just didn't think it was appropriate. And she even told me she thought that was, she appreciated me telling her that. And then the next day, which this is very confusing, she comes back and like twists some of my words and says, I said some things that I didn't. And this is like a struggle for me because it's like, we had a good conversation. And then that next day when she comes and interrupts and says to talk to me and she looks upset and then she starts telling me like, look, like, you know, you can't tell me what I can and can't do with my body. I'm going to do what I want with my body, which I never brought up that she could or couldn't do anything with her body. And I was looking at her just confused, like, look, like, why, what's, what's the deal? Why are you acting a different way than our conversation from last night? And that was very confusing with what Eric. So I don't, is there anything else that I'm leaving out nope. that you wanted to touch on with yeah. that? Yeah, well, with that, I remember her telling you that it was her decision and her decision only that the bungee jump wasn't sexual at all. Right. And you responded by saying that, you know, you'll support her and whatever she does, even if she makes a boneheaded mistake. And I think that's... So yeah, that... When that did that happen? Confusing. And why did that you tell her confusing. she made a boneheaded mistake? I think that's where people had an issue. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's very misconstrued, and that looks really bad on my part. Because what I was... That was... So when I said, brought up the word bonehead mistake, I was talking to her. This this was before the second conversation. So this was the positive conversation we had the first night. Okay. And she, I can't remember totally what she told me, but pretty much in a nutshell, what I told her, I was like, look, I'm not talking about tonight. And I made that clear, which they don't air that. I was like, I'm not talking about you bungee jumping. I said, I'm talking about you in the future. And I was like, I want you to act go in the shoes as if we're together engaged or possibly married. And I told her, I was like, look, like in the future, if we're committed, if you ever do make a boneheaded mistake 
or do something that you know you shouldn't have done. I told her, I was like, look, I'm always going to be on your side and back you up. And I'm going to be there for you to like, so we can get through it. And I was like explaining that. But the context they put it on, put it in was that I was saying that the bungee jumping thing was a bonehead mistake, which I never said that. Okay. So I, I, I can see again how it was shown versus what was said. You actually said it and you did mention boneheaded mistake, but you're talking about, yeah, oh yeah. Hey, in the future, if we're dating or whatever, yeah, we're married, you screw up or whatever, you make a boneheaded mistake, I'll always be there for you. That's essentially yeah. what you were saying. 100%. But, but they made it seem like you were saying she made a boneheaded mistake by naked bungee jumping. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so before we get on to the Netherlands part, <clears throat> just out of curiosity, at this point, how are you feeling in the house? Like, are you buddying up? Are, are you talking with anybody, even if it's off camera? Yeah, this – yeah, yeah. Let me, let me cut you off real quick because I thought the Latvia thing right before we go to the Netherlands was so interesting. So before that conversation I had with Hannah that second time about the whole bungee jumping thing, before she comes and interrupts us, like it was my birthday like two days previously and all the stuff cleared up from Scotland. Hannah breaking in the last cocktail party or rose ceremony night in Scotland, telling everyone like stay in your lane conversation, saying like, look, like let me deal with what I'm going through with Luke P and I. Like you guys stay, need to stay in your lane. Yeah. And – like you guys don't even know me. Right. So I start to kind of develop more of a report with these guys and really start to get along with them again. And we were cutting it up behind the scenes. Latvia was great. I remember it was my birthday. I'm playing like spades and playing cards with the guys. We're hanging out. Finally, all the drama is cleared up and they don't air any of this, but like a lot of our conversations on scene, even at the Latvian group date, like, we were kicking it, having a good time. I even opened up to the guys about being like apologetic about how like being put in some certain situations with them, how it was hard for me to be myself and they appreciated it. And I like dabbed up my Dylan and like was growing up, growing out with them. And the tables turned right back to everyone turning on me right after that conversation with Hannah, when she comes back to interrupt us. Chris Harrison interrupts right after that and says, look, gentlemen, Hannah doesn't want to have a cocktail party. We're going straight in the rose ceremony. And then, boom, all the guys turn and look at me. And they're like, thanks a lot, Luke. This, yeah, <laughs> this is all on you. And then I start getting cussed out. And they're all like, thanks. You know, because there's guys there that, you know, knew that they didn't have much time with her and wanted to talk to her about certain things because they were probably going to get sent home. So it was like, all right, everyone's against me instantly again so but you don't see that i think in latvia what airs is everyone pretty much is against me the whole time <laughs> yeah and then netherlands happens um, oh yeah that was, that was another good one yeah this is this the, the netherlands was the, the episode before hometowns and your fight with yep. garrett and can you can you admit that no matter how much garrett pissed you off or what he might have said to hannah about you that throwing lunch meat at him and, and screaming in his face was wrong. 100%. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I like hated myself for acting that way because he got under my skin and he was trying to, I mean, I think I wrote about this after the episode aired. I'm like, look, I don't agree at all with what Luke P did. And 
you don't get up, especially on this show, and scream in another man's face and point your finger. However, yeah, no, that was ridiculous. However, Garrett, it was very clear his whole goal that episode was to instigate you, and it worked yeah. because he got you to do exactly totally. what he wanted and, you to do. And I can't like get mad at him for doing that because I know it goes both ways with the producers. I'm sure like producers are ne- antagonizing him to like pepper me and try and get me to blow up, which yeah, happened. <laughs> so. So what I I know you say you you should never have done it, which you shouldn't have. Definitely. What I, was it? Just I am. Was it a culmination of the whole season at that point, where you just were like, no, 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 it was specifically him. Oh, okay. So he, oh, it made me so mad. He brought up some stuff to Hannah, and it was it made me mad because especially in the Netherlands. So as soon as we get there. Like, you know, we're cut off from all communication, right? We don't know what's going on. We don't even really get to watch TV. Well, once we made the trip to the Netherlands, you know, that was when there's enough people being sent home that, you know, the the producers didn't really care if there was a TV on and we're watching the news or like a sporting event. And this is like the first time we're ever even like exposed to a TV screen. So we're watching soccer in the Netherlands and one of the producers has their phone out and they're like showing us the Masters live. Garrett's a golf pro loves golf yeah. and we're watching tiger woods win the masters so he and i i have a background of living on a golf course and being exposed to professional golf and i start cutting it up with garrett and we start having some quality conversation aside from all the drama and all the garbage going on in the show we start talking about golf and like i wouldn't say bonding but we started to connect and like aside from the show talk about golf and then he goes on to say some of the craziest stuff like in front of hannah in front of the guys and then that's when he started coming at me about it um right there when i you know what, the what, was he saying? what was he saying he was saying stuff like dude this is what you do like no one no one gets along with you and i'm looking at him like dude like we were just having a good conversation about golf and he's like, you always are a liar. Like, you're always just trying to mosey and weasel your way in things. And he said that before the baloney thing. He's like, you're just a weasel. You're like a snake. You, like, try to slither in through the cracks and try and, like, buddy-buddy up with us. And I'm looking at him like, dude, we had good conversations. Like, yeah, I'm trying to have a, a positive relationship with you. I'm trying my best to not be in a situation where I'm the bad guy and the villain. I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to be cool with you, dude. And, you know, they obviously air what they want. And it's like, at that point, I'm just sitting there. I don't, I think they air me pretty much sitting there not doing or saying a word. And Garrett's constantly talking to me. Yeah. And that happened for quite a while in real life. And I'm sitting there and he's telling me all this stuff and I'm just, wearing it and i'm like all right i'm not gonna say anything and then he starts getting revved up and bringing up all this other stuff and then calling me out and then that was when it was like i had enough and then he's he told me too, like oh this is it for you bro this is your time you're getting sent home i talked to hannah like you can't weasel your way in there and throw a hail mary again and bring up my name in your conversation with hannah which my conversation that time hannah was like literally it's i'm being dead serious name by name of who was left she was like what do you think about tyler cameron what do you think about garrett what do you think about jed like down the list she's like give me the full breakdown of what you think 
And I'm looking at her like, girl, I've given them my word that I'm not going to bring up their names and talk about them. Like, I'm not going to do that. And then she literally threatened me with, are you here for them or me? If you're here for me, you're going to talk about them. And at that point, that was when I was starting to question, like, is this Hannah Brown being Hannah Brown? Or is she even being influenced by what her producers are telling her? And that was when it was tough for me. Yeah, well, yeah, that that scene was <clears throat> it wasn't pretty. yeah I, it wasn't pretty. No, it was not pretty. But again, there's a backstory to it, and um, yeah, I mean, like you said, you shouldn't have done it. Uh, Garrett knew what he was doing, and he succeeded in what he was he, he was setting out to do by sitting there and kind of chastising you and antagonizing you, and kind of hey, you're going home, dude. This is it. <laughs> you know, this is your last yeah, chance. Yeah, for sure. You know, what did you think? I mean, maybe he didn't think you were going to get up and scream at him and throw baloney on him or whatever, but uh, it still, it was it was to the point of, I got to get this guy to do something, and, you know, it worked. But it worked, it worked for him to get you to do that, but in the end, it worked for you because she gave you the rose and sent right. him home. So now we're at hometown dates, and this is where things get interesting because I've heard this story. Uh, I, yeah. This is the thing I heard from the Olivia podcast, which was, and I have questions about this. So <clears throat> your hometown date happens. We, yep. you take Hannah, you go, she, um, you meet the, uh, your church group. Yep. And well, I, why don't you tell everybody what happened and then I'll chime in. Yeah, I know. I know what you're getting at. Yeah. So I, sh- I share, um, a little lesson with the group. Hannah comes up next to me and she's getting to explain to the group a little bit more about her and her like church background. And she starts sharing some stories about herself. And then quote unquote, she says, please don't judge me during the fantasy suite week because I do not intend or plan on using them. The overnights for sex. I plan on using the overnights to further the relationship through conversation. So please don't judge me word for word. And I have like 30 witnesses that remember that word for word. And I don't know. It just frustrates me because I don't want to jump too far ahead, but like she denies that. And then even in the tell all, because I brought that up to Chris Harrison and Chris Harrison asked her, well, did you say that? And she, she says, well, no, why would I bring up sex in church when she clearly said that? And what airs that week on the hometown in real life, when it aired, she's in an interview and it shows her saying, I'm falling in love with Luke P. And she freaks out on Twitter and she's like, I don't, I don't remember anything that happened during that week because I was on meds um, when I went to the doctor when I was sick. And yeah, I remember that. I can't, I I can't believe I said that about Luke P and she, she was perfectly fine. Like she was perfectly alert. I had conversations with her behind the scenes. Like she, she was not aloof. And I remember she had, she did go to the doctor, but she like got some like cough medication or something. Cause she had like a sore throat and I don't know. That's, that was just tough. Okay. So Obviously, now this is something that's not a, you know, there's a he said, she said going on between what you 
said she said, and then she says she didn't. However, in this particular situation, there was a whole church group there. So technically, if somebody wanted to interview every single member of the church group that was on that date, they could vouch for what Hannah said. Nobody's going yeah, no, to uh, ever do yeah. that. No, that's the problem. Yeah, no. <laughs> so, but here's the thing. <laughs> is, there, is there any way <clears throat> that in what Hannah said, it, like, she didn't specifically say, I'm not going to have sex in the fantasy suite because that would kind of, I, I find it hard that she would say that because then she's pinning herself in a corner and coming off as a, as a, a flat out lie. If she said that, right. is there a way where she left the door open in her comment to the church group of, Hey, I know you probably think that's all that happens in the fantasy suite, but just know that there, there are the things that happen. I mean, is there a way that it was just misconstrued by you and the church group versus her? Or is that possible? Yeah, anything's possible. But, I mean, again, like myself and 30 witnesses were like totally took it as she's saying, look, I'm not having sex in the fantasy suites. Okay. And the reason I felt that way is because I'm having conversations with my producers because they're constantly telling me, well, how do you feel about fantasy suites a week? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And I would constantly tell them like, look, like I don't want to even have the temptation before me. Like I'm, I don't want to go on the fantasy suites and spend overnights with Hannah. Like I would love some time with her off camera. And if we can make that happen, great. If not, like I don't even want to do it. So in my mind, I'm like already like, oh my gosh, fantasy suites week are coming up. What am I going to do? And when I heard her say that, in my mind, mentally, I'm like, oh, well, I'm good. Like, she's, she doesn't plan on doing anything but have co- good conversation off camera. So, yeah. And I guess, I guess the other way to look at it is <clears throat> to play devil's advocate is she could certainly say, have said something along those lines, but she also has the ability or she has the right to change, oh, yeah. her, to change her mind. And, yeah, be like, she, oh, and be like, and be like, oh, I'm in the moment with Jed, or I'm in the moment with Peter and or Tyler. <clears throat> I am gonna have it. Yeah, she's got the right to do whatever she wants, for sure. So now I'm actually this is a small detail, but I don't even remember. Um, at the final four rose ceremony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did she just? I, I totally forgot what happened. Did she just say, "Hey, I'm not sending any of you guys home"? What happened again? Like, why did all four of you get to go? Because that's never happened. No, yep. nobody's ever gotten so to she, take four people to the overnight, and she yep, yeah, yeah. So for you. I've, I forgot about that. So we're there, and she hands the first two roses out to Tyler and Peter. And at that point, I feel like there was a lot of talk about Jed and I being like front runners. I guess is the way to put it. Yeah. Um, so Jed and I are looking at each other. All the guys are looking at each other. We're all like, well, there's one rose left. And Jed and I are just standing there. And Hannah, I don't know. She just looked like she was putting on a panic show and left the room and then comes back, explains how hard this is for her. And then Chris Harrison walks in the room with two roses and says, Hannah, here's your roses. Then we all got roses. <laughs> so, okay. yeah, it was kind of a waste of time. All right. Um, yeah, and I think, that, and I, I'm sure she gave it to Peter and Tyler at that point, because at that point, Jed was starting to be very vocal in his ITMs about you and just his, everything about Jed was saying about you was very negative. So 
at this point, I'll ask you, when you were down to, obviously we know Garrett was not a fan of yours and you guys, you know, we're not friends. But at that point, Jed, Tyler, Peter, those three, um, what were your feelings on each of them? Like in terms of their either their relationship with Hannah or how you got along with them? Because all of them was, were vocal at some point about not yeah, liking Yeah, I was you. perfect. I was perfectly fine with Peter at every point of the whole show, behind the scenes, on camera, everything. Like, he and I were cool. Um, Tyler, from the very beginning, he was my bunkmate in the mansion. He and I broed out the first three weeks of the show. We were cool. Like, he even snuck up in the middle of the night because Grant was snoring in Scotland and, like, came and jumped in bed with me. And, like, he and I had a heart-to-heart. And, like, he and I were cool. Same thing with Jed. He and I were really close and tight through the whole beginning of the show. Had some deep conversations. He even opened up to me in a sauna in Lafia. And, like, he and I had some quality conversation where he even apologized to me for fronting too much on camera and not sticking up for me in situations where he thought he should have but just didn't. And I was totally cool with it. And then the tables turned right then in Latvia. And Jed was pretty neutral to me. He never really called me out at any point. Tyler Cameron cussed me out, started calling me out in Latvia once everyone, you know, all the blame was on me for Hannah wanting to go straight in the rose ceremony. And then because of the bungee jump thing. And then in the Netherlands, like right before we went on the group date where it's just Peter, Garrett, and I, and the whole baloney thing. Like the last thing Jed t- tells me is, "Hey Luke, I got some advice for you for this group date. Try to keep your head out of your ass." And it was because one of the producers was like, "Hey Tyler and Jed, what kind of advice do you have for individually each one of these guys because they could go home?" And like they both said sentimental things to everyone. Tyler didn't even look at me or say anything to me, and then Jed had that comment for me. So at that point, it was like all the cool behind-the-scenes relationship I had with the two of them previous in the season was all gone. And, like, my thoughts of them were like, dude, really? So that's that's where I was at. I was pretty much caught off guard and like, all right, well, that's how it's going to be. Okay, let's – so that happens on the hometown, which obviously plays a major role in how you're feeling going into the overnight date and – why it seems like you were so taken aback and and whatnot. I don't want to, I mean, well, so let's get to the overnight date portion, uh, the night portion of the date. I mean, God, there's so many angles we can go at with this, but this might be, have to be a part one podcast. I was going to say, like, I I almost thought about this halfway through. I'm like, maybe I should make this into a two parter. Um, but let's, um, I honestly don't know where to start with the overnight date, but obviously going in, you're it's fantasy suite. Right? I mean, fan, yeah, fantasy suite overnight. Yes, yeah, sir. Um, but going in, it's clear in your mind. At no point were you ever thinking of using the fantasy suite to have sex with Hannah. Yet, yeah, not at all. When your dinner conversation comes around with her that night, based on what we saw happen in that conversation. I'm guessing that your thought process was because of what you may or may not have heard on the hometown date. Hannah hadn't slept with anybody like I'm good. Like she's using this time to talk to the guys and getting to know. But at no point did you ever think that she had slept with anybody on the overnight date 
until your conversation with her at dinner. Correct. Right. Correct. So and at that point, and at that point too, like in real life, I don't know the timeline about like what date she's been on. For all I knew, she was on her first overnight date. Except, well, that, that's a lie. So I knew she there was at least one person before me because the previous night there was a fireworks show on the beach outside of my like overlooked balcony, and I knew that okay, well. You know, there's not this l- long firework show for anything but this show. Yeah. So I knew that there was one person before me, and that's all I knew. So go on. Okay. Sorry, go so ahead. you knew that there was at, at least one. There could have been more, but you did not know. I guess the only way to ask would be from the time you left L.A. till the time you had your date with her, how many days had passed? I mean, I, do you remember? No, but it wasn't, it wasn't many. So I, but the thing is about the LA thing was we stayed after, well, I stayed after an extra day before I left. So I think after, right after that row ceremony, I think she and Peter flew straight there because in real time, the order was Peter, Jed, me and Tyler for the overnights. So I hmm. thought there's only at least one person before me, which was Jed right before me. But I didn't even think about it. Oh, well, I stayed an extra day. And when I got to Greece, I had, I think it was a day and a half before I did anything. So, because I got there in the night. Okay. So she had, she flew straight there, had that night to recover, and then boom, Peter, Jed, and then me. Okay. So you know for a fact that it was Peter, Jed, you, Tyler. Yep, for a fact. And it was shown. Peter, Jed, Tyler, you, right? No, I think on TV, TV it was Peter no, first. Jed, Jed was last on TV. Jed was? I thought you were last. I thought that was the whole point was we were ending with you. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was Peter, um, Jed, Tyler, me. Tyler, And on Tyler's date that we saw on TV, she said, I don't want to have sex. I don't want to have sex with you. Yeah. Yeah. Which was after me in real life, which is after you in real life. Cause it made no sense when we were watching that as viewers, we were like, why is she? Why? Like we didn't, we didn't get yeah, it. What, what, what's she doing? <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't get it because we knew that they obviously had chemistry there and it didn't make any sense. Okay. So anyway, right. so <clears throat> I, I, what was your, let me ask you, what do you think your biggest mistake was in that conversation with her that night? Or what, what do you regret? What do you, what would you take back? What looking back on it, but I guess it could be another situation of what was aired versus what was, what was actually said. Um, There's, there's a lot, that whole conversation that aired was, was cut up pretty bad. And there's a lot of her talking that never aired, which would make much more sense to viewers. Okay. And either, yeah, there's, I think the one thing I regretted out of that whole conversation was not being more aware because I was clueless and had no idea that she had been sleeping with anybody at that point. And she made it clear that, that with our conversations pre- previously that that wasn't going to be a thing. And even in that very conversation that night, she made it clear that it wasn't going to be a thing. 
which still to this day I look back and think, like, why did she even say that to me? So I, I guess looking back in that actual night, I don't, I never really had any regrets of anything I said. So let me explain why. So it makes more sense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's a lot of other stuff we talk about that doesn't air. And then boom, I say, Hey, let's talk about sex right up front. Yeah. And I explained to her, I'm like, look, look, I know you're not a virgin. I know I'm not. We've talked about this in the Netherlands. We've talked about what we want in the future. And this is where I'm at. And like, I'm going to live according to God's design. And I'm, I'm going to abstain and stay away from sex before marriage. And, you know, explain that thoroughly. And I asked her, I was like, well, where are you at on this? And they don't air her response at all, or even me asking her that. And she straight up tells me to my face, Luke, we share the same heart and the same convictions. I want to abstain from sex before marriage. She told me that knowing what she did, not just the one night, but the two nights before being on this date with me. And then I still at this point in my mind at first, I'm like, oh, well, we're good. Like she's having conversation in the overnights or off camera somewhere. In my mind, I'm like getting excited because I'm like, all right, well, we're on the same page. Like this is going to work out. And I still felt a little tug of conviction saying, thinking, you know what? I I need to make sure because I'd be a fool to completely assume that we're like completely on the same page. So I even go as far to ask her, hey, look, well, do you plan on? No, I, I say, have you or do you plan on being sexually intimate in the fantasy suites with the other guys? And then she kind of erupts and tells me I have no right to ask her that and how I'm in no position to even bring that up to her. And I'm a little confused at that point, very confused. And she goes on to tell me this very thing. She says, not saying that I have or haven't had sex, but let's say I have, how would that change how you feel? And I look at her and I'm like, up front, I'm like, well, look, like if you did have sex, like, and made a mistake, and I brought up the word mistake, which with what airs, that comes off very judging, yeah. which I just want to be clear about this because like with the conversations that we had, like this isn't me judging her. Like she's explaining something that she wants out of a marriage and explains very clearly to me that she was on the same page with me through other conversations and conversations at night of what she wanted. And she's asked me a question of, well, what if I went against that? And I was like, all right, well, if that's something you don't want to do and that like is a mistake because that would be what would be a mistake in her book with what she's told me. And I was like, well, I would want to talk to you about it talk through it because you know i'd still want to make things work but my initial reaction would want to send myself home and all you see air is well if you had sex in overnights i'd want to send myself home and it's very confusing with what airs because it makes me look extremely judgmental and then she goes on to just tell me that i'm judging and condemning of her and i'm looking at her and still at this point in the conversation i'm very confused I have, I, 
wasn't aware that anything was going on the previous few nights or that she had sex. I'm still thinking that she completely avoided uh, having sex with anyone. And then she sends me home. And as I'm getting in the van, she brings up, you know, well, I bet you didn't want to know that I blanked in a windmill. And that was when it was when it hit me. I think it's it's easy to understand where I'm coming from now because you saw my face when she said that to me when it airs. I had no idea that she had sex. So you see my face when she says that, and I'm like completely blindsided and caught off guard. So she says all that to you at the car. She sends you away. She tells you about a windmill. So what is going through your head at that point? So at that point, I'm just shocked. And I have no idea why she's coming at me that way. And I'm thinking in my mind, well, maybe she thinks my response is going to be, you know, this self-righteous dude who's like, well, screw you. Now I know you're not good enough for me kind of response. When if anything, like I still in my mind with the conversations we had that night and previously, I'm like, well, she's making a mistake sending me home. I want to prove to her that like I'm committed to her and I'm, I've told her how I feel about her and I'm going to fight for her. And I tried having more conversation right then that night, but she was not having it. We talked quite a bit and then, you know, all you see is me go home. Okay, so I, th- I, I think what happened that night and what everyone saw and everyone's issues were with, and it sounds like this wasn't what you were trying to portray, was people seemed to believe that it was you asserting your beliefs onto her. And the fact right, that her right. beliefs didn't line up with yours was like, all right, well, then I don't want to be with you because you are someone who chooses to have sex before marriage. I don't. So I'm done with you. But you're saying that's not what it was. Yeah, not at all. Because she even told me that that's not what she wanted. She told me she was shared the same heart and convictions as me. And she wanted to abstain from sex before marriage. That's why I'm so confused. And that's why you see the look on my face when she tells me about the windmill. I'm shocked. And I think it's cool, too, because, you know, you know there's brought up of, me slut shaming and all these other things, right? And like judging when the whole time I'm looking at her, I'm like, even though she told me she did have sex and windmill, like I'm still trying to make things right with her and fight for her and show her that I'm still like wanting to make things right and work it out. Which, if I was judging or slut shaming, I would not be trying to do that at all. So, so, so you didn't have an issue with her having sex before. Uh, it, it, during it, during the fantasy suites, because it sounds like you did have an issue with it. No, I didn't. I didn't have an issue with it, like towards her. It was the fact that she told me that was what she didn't want to do. And we, now are, she's. Are we saying she told you that? Are we talking about the hometown date, or you're saying even on the fantasy suite? No, date? No, 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 I'm talking about on fantasy suite date dinner night in Greece. She's telling me that she doesn't want to have sex before marriage. And then she drops all this on me and I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, all right, if that's something you don't want to do and now you're telling me you've done it, like this is the path that now you're on. When you told me you want to be on this path, let's go 
on this path together. Let's make it work. Let's figure this thing out. And she's looking at me like, uh-uh, go home. So I was just caught off guard. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is going to be super confusing to everybody because it, it's, it, it's, because it's so much stuff that we did not see yeah. that, I mean, this is your story and this is what you believe to be true. And 100%. the thing is, the thing is, I'm not interviewing Hannah. Hannah will probably never do an interview with me, but if I ever did an interview with Hannah, I would have to repeat back to her exactly what you just said. And I, I, I can't imagine Hannah would sit there and be like, yeah, minutes before I told him I had sex in a windmill, I had just told him, no, I'm not having sex on the overnight date. Because it really, it literally doesn't make sense. <laughs> it's almost That's like, was there I'm a saying. giant miscommunication here? Or did she? That's could, what I'm saying. Could she have possibly said it to where it no. made it, it, made it no, seem no, 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 like? No, 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 no. Okay. That's exactly what she said, and she made it seem like that. That's why I was so caught off guard. And I think, okay. I mean, that's why she goes to even say, well, not saying that I have or haven't had sex, but let's say I have, how would that change how you feel? And I think it's interesting. You know, she just came out with an article. I didn't read the whole thing, but she brought it up to me even previously talking to her on other dates about how she's been into really long, serious relationships and how the one relationship, um, the guy found out that she – I don't know, was in another sexual relationship and she, he didn't want to be with her because of that. So he judged her and like because of something she did, he was didn't want to be with her. And I feel like she was like pinning me as doing that, which was not the case at all. And she even brought me up to remind her of that ex-boyfriend. And, and I'm sitting over there like, what is it? happening why is she telling me this and then telling me that she's doing the opposite when she tells me she wants to do this so um that's why i went back that's why people are so confused why the heck is this luke p dude coming back and it's because of what she told me she wanted and uh, that's which was what was something that i was pursuing what i wanted so in my mind i'm like all right well she tells me she wants this and i feel this strongly about her i'm gonna try my best to make things right and like try to get to that end goal where I want to be with her, which was where she said she wants to be. Okay. I, I see your point on half of it, but the other half is saying, yes, she was saying those things to you. And it sounds like she was giving you mixed signals. However, it was clear at the end of the dinner portion, she did not want you there and she sent you home. So why was that not good enough for you to accept as, all right, I'm done. Maybe I have questions. I'll get those on the men tell all like I'm done. She doesn't want me here. She literally just kind of, you know, not figuring, not, you know, literally, but kind of just slammed the door in my face telling me to go home. Yeah. Why stick around? Why try and fight for her at the rose ceremony in Greece? Why not just let it go? A few reasons. One, she brought up that she felt like I was judging and condemning her mm. when in my mind, and yeah, she could have taken something I said a certain way, but in my mind, I didn't come off in any way judging or condemning, and I was making a decision for myself, and I was just trying to communicate with her. Because in my mind, I look at our conversation at the dinner portion like, 
you know, if she tells me, I tell her that I don't want to have sex before marriage and she tells me she's on the same page. Like I, I don't know. I would expect her to communicate to me. Well, look, yeah, we're on the same page, but look, I actually did this with Peter and Jed. Like now where are we at? That conversation is what she avoided. I think it was too hard for her to have because I don't know how she would have handled it. But if we could have sat down and had that conversation, the whole end of the dinner would have been completely different. And I think that if we would have had that conversation, then I would have been perfectly fine with the decision she made because she has every right to do what she wants and believe what she wants. And then I would have been like, all right, you know what? Then I'm perfectly fine with you sending me home and I'm going to make my way myself to the door. But it was the other way around because still there's this lack of communication that Hannah and I are having. And she's still making it seem that she wants to be over here where in line with the things that I wanted. And she's even telling me she wants that. And then yet she's like, well, this just happened and like, go home. And how did so, the, how did the, I want to see her at the rose ceremony. How did that yeah, all come, so let me get that into come that. about? So they can't send me home right away. You know exactly how that works, right? So like people would know the timeline if they saw me in the airport. So they keep me there an extra few days. Executive producers check on me. They try to ask me how I'm feeling, see if I'm heartbroken. And I told them, I was like, look, I'm still super confused about this whole situation. And I would really like, like another conversation with Hannah alone. And they're telling me, they're like, yeah, that'd be great. Like, you know, Hannah actually was confused why Colton sent her home. She got time to go back and have one-on-one time with Colton to get closure. Which was, which and, was never shown. Right. And they even told me that they're like, yeah, that never aired, but like we can do what we can do and we can make that happen. They make a couple phone calls, they start figuring it out. And I tell them specifically, I'm like, look, I don't want this to be anywhere in public with any of the other guys or anyone. I want to be alone with Hannah. Your producers can be in there, but just me and Hannah, I don't. And then they bring it up to like, Oh, well the rose ceremonies in this many hours, like, she takes a long time to get ready and I'm looking at them. I'm like, well, let me go talk to her while she's putting on makeup and like doing her hair. Like I want to be alone and I just want to like at least be on the same page with her and understand why she, you know, handled it the way she did. And they were like, no, we can't do that. If you're going to talk to her, you're going to put on your suit and you're going back in the rose ceremony. Like you never left. And at that point it was like, well, you know, whatever. Like I want, to have this conversation with her. So to me, it was more important to have that conversation regardless of in the guidelines of what they wanted than to just get on a plane and go home and start thinking about on the plane. Well, why did she send me home? Yeah. I so. mean, I mean, look, I'm not you. I, 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 I wasn't on the show. I wasn't in the position you were. I wasn't having the conversations that you were having with Hannah. I wasn't getting the mixed signals that you were getting with Hannah. So I can't sit here and say you absolutely did the wrong thing. All I can do is say, if I were in your boat, I probably just would have let it go and done it at the men tell all is. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, you that's know it. looking back, I definitely feel like that would have been a smart decision. Yeah. But in the moment with what I was going through, I felt like it wasn't 
And even what was brought up at the tell all, I mean, Chris Harrison even asked me and they don't, they don't air that, but it's even like, he's like, well, you know, you're claiming your faith as a Christian. Hannah's claiming hers, but you guys are not even on the same, like all in the same boat. And it's the reason you guys split up. And he's like, explain that to me. And I mean, here's the bottom line. And I know you even brought it up a little bit. And yeah, at the end of the day, like Hannah has every right to believe what she wants and to make whatever decision she wants. And that's the bottom line truth. Now, what we believe, now I know, you know, we weren't, we don't believe in the same thing. So that's why there's all this confusion. And then it's like, well, well, they have these faith conversations, but yeah, this is how it ends. And what I believe in as a Christian is you're going to live your life by God's word because you believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God and you're going to live by it. And that's what I believe in. And that's, in a nutshell, I think the confusion of all of this is, you know, we were we were we were going at it from two different angles. And I don't want to get into too much of religion talk here because religion is such a very touchy subject uh, for people and people who don't follow the word of God, whether they're, you know, whatever their choice of religion is, they right. just they can't seem to grasp it. But. In, in hearing what you've said, um, and like you said, this is how I choose to live as a Christian, is, and maybe I'm asking this kind of naively, is the way Hannah describing herself as a Christian and living the way she is, does that mean she's not a Christian, or is it just she's just living it differently than you? Because it almost sounds like, and I think this is where people had an issue with you, was it sounded like because she doesn't live her Christian life like you live your Christian life, that she's in the wrong because you're living it the right way because you're living it how God had laid it out there for Christians to live and she's not doing it that way, that that's how you're coming across as because she's not doing it the way you are, then she's in the wrong. But right, is right. that is that so, so explain that to me. Yeah, so no by any means am I saying him is not a Christian. I'm not saying that at all. All I'm saying is what I believe as a Christian is to live your life according to God's word. Because that's what it says in the Bible, and that we believe that in the Bible's entirety it is the truth and the absolute truth, because it's the inspired word of God. That's how I would. I am going to choose to live. Okay, that's what I believe in. Now, what Hannah believes in, again, we talked about it. She has every right to do and say and believe what she wants because she has that right. But I'm I'm just laying down what, what I believe. Okay, so that's where I mean, like I said, I think it's just and Hannah has even talked about this again post show where I think she has done a few interviews where she has said, look. For my whole life, growing up in the South and being part of the, you know, quote unquote Bible Belt in the South, that I was expected and things were expected of me and I was supposed to act and talk and walk and be a certain way. And I just got to a point in my life where I was like, I'm I'm going to live my life how I want to live my life and still have a relationship with God, which is perfectly fine. Right. I mean, yeah. it's you you can have a relationship with God and you can be a Christian 
and have premarital sex or can you not? Or is it just in the interpretation? Well, of it? Now, 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 you're, now you're getting deep. Okay. So, I mean, now, now you're getting into, I mean, it makes it very clear in, in God's word that like you're not supposed to have premarital sex okay. at all until you're married because the two flesh become one. And that's because essentially you're marrying who you're having sex with. And that's meant within the guidelines of marriage. So, so is it, so that's very, very, very clear. Okay. So, so then, but that, but then by that definition, it sounds like you can't call yourself a Christian if you're having premarital sex. Right. So the beauty, so this, Again, that's why I, like, said I don't I mean, want to you, dive into religion know, so much know, because it's confusing. I know, I know you said you didn't want to dive in too deep, but I mean, in a nutshell, what you're what you're getting into is, and like, I mean, there's a conversation Hannah and I had I, when we, I brought up sex. I was like, look, like I know you aren't a virgin, and I'm not myself. And yeah, at the end of the day, like, if you do have sex before marriage, that doesn't eliminate you from being a Christian. It's no different than if you go murder someone or tell a lie or any sinful nature thing that you could possibly do that doesn't take away your ability to be a Christian. And that's the beauty of the gospel. Okay. It's because God knew that you are separated from him through the sinful nature that we've been born into. And it's like, that's why he gave us Jesus. He gave us a way to be clean before him. And to have the opportunity to be in heaven with God for eternity, which he wanted. That's why he gave us and gave up his one and only son for us to die on the cross for our sins. All he did, just wants us to do is believe in that, believe in that God is who he says he is, get to know him through his word, and then live a life according to that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like I said, it's a touchy subject. There are people that have opinions on religion, and it's just it's going to fly over a lot of people's heads. So I didn't want to get too deep into it, but I, I kind of wanted for my own self to understand exactly where you were, where you were coming from with it. And I didn't, I, I guess, I didn't really know until today. But in moving on to the men tell all, um, this was really done really weird because, again, oh, tell me about it. <laughs> done for the first time. Like for the people that were in attendance, I was told that. You and Chris Harrison's uh, conversation lasted for two hours, and yet we saw 10, 15 minutes of it, maybe? Yeah, um, it, was, it was actually like three hours. <laughs> three hours you guys sat there, which is unheard of on Men Tell All History, but it's because you were such a lightning rod to the season. They felt like we need to give this guy not only his own hot seat, but a three-hour hot seat that will – that will dice well, took, up and show what's appropriate. It took so long because there, he, he did, and you know, I get a lot of hate for being so repetitive on the season because a lot of what airs, I'm literally saying the exact same thing over and over and over. And I'm actually in the hot seat and Chris Harrison is telling me the same question over and over and over in different forms and different words of saying it. And the, the, I mean, it got to a point where it's like, I'm looking at Chris Harrison, I'm like, I've already answered that or I'm looking at him and I'm just not saying a word and I'm sitting there and not saying a single word. So the long, there's pa- a lot the, of the long pauses before your answers. 
that, that like that we were talking about that and just me him asking me and saying like nothing at all i'm just looking at him and then i'm like i've already answered that like i've already given you a clear answer on that and then not saying a word and he's just looking at me yeah. so there's there's a lot of that is there anything at the men tell all that you wish you would have said differently or regretted yeah. how it came out yeah, there's one huge thing that I regret, and it was Chris Harrison asking me, hey, do you regret anything that you've done on the show, and if you could make any mistakes, would you make any? And I was I was alluding to something else he was trying to tell me next, and I instantly said no. And it, literally two seconds later, not even, like a second later, I looked at him like, wait, Chris. I can't believe I just said that to you. I'm like, yeah, of course there's a list of mistakes I made and there's so many things I would have done differently. And he looks at me and he's like, he's laughing. He's like, well, thank, he's like, thank God. I, I, I was hoping you would say that. And I'm looking, I'm like, yeah, of course. And then I start to explain to him, well, look, this is what I meant is with how everything played out. Would I try and change anything? And I was telling him no, because I'm so thankful for how it played out, although I was the villain, just because I've learned and matured so much from the experience, even though it was the hardest thing I've ever been through. And he appreciated that. But yet everyone comes out saying, and all the guys when they come out, they're like, you're telling us that you wouldn't have changed anything and that you didn't make any mistakes. And I literally just told Chris, I'm like, look, I can't believe I just said that. It's not what I meant to say. And yeah. So what, through all of it, what, what did you learn and what do you think the biggest lesson you took out of it was? And not even talking like a TV production side of it and stuff like that, but about yourself, yeah, yeah, definitely. um, like what did you learn and what did you see on screen about yourself that you did not like and you didn't feel maybe was Christian like in the way you behaved or the, or, or Oh yeah. Yourself? There's, <laughs> there's, there's so many things I did that wasn't uh Christ like, which was, you know, going into it, I'm like, oh, great. You know, I have an opportunity to live this way and be a certain way. And I totally flopped on that. There's so many things I did. You know, you brought up me yelling and at Garrett and throwing baloney in his lap. You brought up me bold faced lying to Lucas and having a scuffle with him on the rugby sideline. Yeah. And there's, you know, a list more. And I want to get into what the conversation that we started to have a little bit, and I didn't get too deep into it at all, is telling you kind of the back reason um, of why I lied to Luke S. Bold face, lied to his face. And told, him, told you kind of in the moment, you know, I was trying to like really just please him, and I was really worried about what everyone in the room was thinking of me because I'm having this conversation in front of all of them, and I'm really in this mindset of really – being self-conscious and like trying to say the right thing to please them. And this is between me and my relationship with God. And I realized that having this perspective of being self-conscious and worrying too much about what people think of me to the point where it changes kind of like my character or staying true to myself or what I would, I would do this fear of man idea is is in and of itself a sin. And it's like, well, if I do believe that God is who he says he is and he's 
in me and with me, then I'm going to the, the, what's going to matter most to me is what God thinks of me, not what others think of me. I'm going to live my life for God and not for a man. I'm not going to live my life for the approval of man. And I'm going to stick to my character in that and live my life for God. And that is what's helped me overcome this kind of self-conscious thing um, that I've dealt with my whole life. And that's just, you know, again, I don't want to get too, I know you told me you don't want to get too deep into the whole, the religion and the faith conversation. And that's one big takeaway that I had just between me and my relationship with God. And there's a whole nother list of more, but to kind of get into really me and kind of getting on guard and it's well, learning kind of how I handled things was, you know, we also talked about earlier how I was very naive and that was, <laughs> it just worked out that that was not a good thing for me with my um, experience with, you know, the producers and behind the scenes stuff Yeah, and not making excuses here, but being, but tr- doing my best to open up. And it's the fact that I was very prideful, you know, I get the first impression rose. I connect with Hannah the first night. I really, the first two weeks of the season, I spent more time with Hannah than anyone else in the mansion. And it was talked about in the mansion. Oh, well, Luke P spent the most time with her. Like you don't even really get to spend that much time with her unless you're on a one-on-one date or unless you're Luke P because there's plenty of times where I had extra time with her where others didn't. And I started gaining all this confidence and it was like, I even prepared myself before going on the show telling myself if I so happen to get the first impression rose, I'm going to keep myself aside in the back because I know there's going to be drama and they have to make drama to make TV and I'm going to make sure I'm not in the middle of it. Well, sure enough, that went out the door after getting the first impression rose. And I was the center of the drama. And yeah. you know, the truth, the truth is I was very, I got very arrogant and prideful yeah. and that was something I struggled with. Yeah, I think, so. <clears throat> no, it, it makes sense. And, um, you know, just a couple more things here. The, um, you talked about this on Olivia's podcast. Another thing that I, I did hear about was <clears throat> the notion of going on paradise, which oh yeah, everyone was like, you know, is he going to go on or why, you know, and the reality was they were begging you to go on paradise, begging you to the point where they had Colton call you yes. and, I don't think Colton was begging you, but I think I had Colton call you to basically, I'm assuming to tell you how great his experience was and to make it seem like, oh, it won't be so bad if you go on because you had just had this you know, awful experience as a villain for 11 episodes where right. America had come down on you and everyone was condemning you for how you acted and things that you said and what you did. Like, why did Colton call you? So, so just real quick answer the question Colton called me because he straight up told me and I, I respect Colton because he was real with me. He told me, he was like, Hey, look, they told me that they've been calling you for a few months and like talking to you about paradise and the creator of the show, um, reached out and told me to talk to you about going on paradise and talking you into it. And he's like, look, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be real with you. And I'm going to talk to you about my experience in paradise and tell you how I feel about it. 
And he's like, you take and do what you want with it. And that that's going to be you. He's like, I don't care what decision you make. I'm just going to tell you about my experience. And he and I had a phenomenal conversation. And we got to talk about a lot of things, even other than paradise. And I was just very encouraged that someone like him was going to be upfront with me and just tell me what's up. So I, that was phenomenal. But, you know, cutting back to the producers, you know, they were calling me for like two months beforehand and they were trying their best to tell me, look, we're going to give you a redemption story. We're going to give you your chance to talk. We're, we know you're not a villain. We know your character. We hang out with you behind the scenes. We're going to give you this opportunity to show people truly who you are. And we know that America is going to fall in love with you, Luke. Like, we're going to we're going to set this up for you. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, this sounds great. But I know how you guys work. (laughs) So in my mind, I was like, nah, I've got, you know, I got definitely my fair share. And I know I'm going to go down. So I'm good. And that was pretty much how it ended. I just told him, like, look, no way not happening yeah do you think nine months from now when the next season of paradise starts filming and time has passed you would ever do it nope (laughs) no shot okay good i was gonna say like i hope (laughs) because it sounds all great now but then if you go back like this has happened with people in the past and people that have gotten a bad edit that strictly want to go on paradise for that redemption edit because it has happened. There have been people that have been portrayed negatively on The Bachelor and Bachelorette that have gone down to Paradise and have gotten a redemption edit, Nick Vile being yeah, one of them, um, Michelle sure. Money being another one. So it, it is possible, and I think the people who have gotten a bad edit and people who have gotten a lot of hate for how they appeared on Bachelor or Bachelorette have looked at those examples and been like, yeah, it could be me. But you know, my answer has always been the same. Like, yeah, it could be, but chances are it probably won't be you because their job... <laughs> is to make television and getting you down there. So I'm glad that you're saying that. I hope you stick to it and you don't change your mind. Um, Definitely. And you you just don't do it because even if there is a good redemption out there for you, I don't think that's in their best interest um, because then it makes everything they showed of you on Hannah's season look ridiculous uh, if you go down there and get a great edit. You know, it just doesn't make any – it almost doesn't make any sense for them. But – Right. Uh, so, I mean, that's, we covered a lot. This has been two hours, um, coming up, something was brought to my attention that you're, I think it's happening this weekend. Uh, tell us a little bit about it. You can promote this. Uh, there's some Greek event that you're doing at a sorority. What's going on? Oh, you heard about that? (laughs) Yeah, because they reached out to me and they actually wanted me to, to, to bring it up. I didn't reply to them because I had known that you were coming on the podcast. I was like, well, I'll just have him talk about it. So if you want to promote it, go ahead. That's well, it. it's, it's it actually, not? it's probably not a good thing to, well, when are you going to come out with this? This will be up in two days on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the Greek event is Wednesday. So it's oh, tomorrow night. It's already happened. So by the time people yeah. hear this, it'll, it'll already happen. But yeah, okay. So. I mean, you can talk about, can you talk about it or you can? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm more than happy to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. It's really neat. So all the sororities um, at University of Georgia do this event every year and it's pretty much a dance off. They spend a lot of time, a lot of effort in um, choreographing a dance and there's a panel of judges that are UJ athletes and in a nutshell, it's, so it's called the SD 
tea Greek grind. And the point of it is for to raise money for PCAA, which is Prevent Child Abuse America. And they're Child Abuse America's biggest um, help and sponsorship with finances every year. So they raise a whole bunch of money and all the proceeds go to um, Prevent Child Abuse America. So it's a big deal for them and they enjoy it. All the sororities, you know, have some good fun competition and get to hang out together, have a party and hang out. So it's great. And it's Sigma uh, Delta Tau that is hosting it. So yeah. Oh, okay. I'm going to be the, I'm going to be the host. So I'm going to be on the mic <laughs> and I'm just going to be having a good time. Okay. Yeah. STD Greek grind. Um, last year they raised over 90,000, uh, goes to prevent child abuse. America. Luke P is our host. Yeah. I'm just reading at the, uh, Sigma Delta Tau. Yeah. So yep. it's happening on campus, uh, at, um, university of Georgia or is it an mm-hmm. off campus event? It's on campus tomorrow. Uh, uh don't quote me. I think it's on campus, but okay. I'm not sure. <clears throat> okay. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's so weird that we're recording this on Tuesday. This event is happening Wednesday, but the podcast doesn't come out Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Um, but anyway, uh, this has been a very enlightening talk. I think pl- plenty of people are going to have uh, some definite uh, in, uh, opinions on this. Um, I do think that, um, you know, like I said, at the beginning, we're not looking to change people's minds because some people just, because they've been so hard against anti-Luke P., most people yeah. don't like to admit that they're wrong or don't like to change their opinion on things. Um, right, right. But I just wanted to give them a different perspective because I had heard that there was a lot of stuff behind the scenes that was not shown in regards to you. And, the, you know, the big thing was the Hannah conversation at the end. Like that is such a huge sticking point where you are literally saying what she said to you minutes before she told you something completely opposite. Yeah. And if I had that conversation with Hannah, I know that she would never admit that. So it's just like, I don't know. I think she might. I don't. I, I don't know. Maybe she would. I don't. But then the the other thing is, she would never do an interview with me. So that's a moot point. Um, um, but good. I just wanted it good. out there in the world now that, <clears throat> hey, you saw what Luke P said and did on this show. Here's a little bit of as to why it may have happened, and here's a little bit as to what you may or may not have seen, uh, may not have realized what was kind of going on, um, behind the scenes. So. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this for two hours. Um, but I did, yeah, I did want to sure. hit on every, I did want to hit on every topic and there was no way to do that in, you know, 45 minutes or an hour. So, uh, it's true. uh, good luck on the event tomorrow night. Uh, thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. And, you know, um, I know it's been tough for you these last few months, but, um, like you said, I think you grew through it. I think you learned a lot of things about yourself having gone through this process and having seen how you come across, uh, you may have come across to Hannah, the other guys on TV. And, and the best part about it is you have the ability to change that. And it looks like you are, you, you're on your way to, you know, realizing some things about yourself that, wow, the show kind of, you know, puts you on that path to, and it magnified it to where like, wow, I do, I, I do see this now. And I do see this about myself. And if you didn't go on the show as bad as the experience may have been for you, if you yeah, didn't go on the show, you wouldn't have experienced, you wouldn't have gotten to this point. I don't think. Definitely. Wouldn't have been revealed uh, to the struggles that I didn't even know I struggled with. Yeah. No. And I think that's, that's at least some good 
came Definitely. out of it for you. But uh, it's, been, Luke, it's th- been a great experience. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you coming on. And um, again, good luck Steve, in the future. Thank you for this. having me. You thank got you it, man. Again. Appreciate it. We'll be in touch. All right, bro. Bye. Thank you very much to Luke uh, for that. I got a few thoughts here, but before we get to them, this podcast, the Luke portion, brought to you by Bona. Bona makes it easy for your hardwood floors with innovative products that give you a daily clean, a timeless shine, and a lifetime of protection. Water-based solutions and Green Guard Gold Certification ensure a safe product for your family, pets, and our planet. It comes ready to use, just spray and mop. Bona hardwood floor cleaners available at most retailers where floor cleaning products are sold on Amazon and on Bona.com. For cleaning tips and exclusive offers, visit B-O-N-A.com slash Reality Steve. So that was a lot from Luke, for sure. And it's a lot that you probably haven't heard, unless you did listen to Olivia's podcast. Like I said, I didn't. I don't know how much of it was the same. But here's the deal with, you know, what Luke is saying. Luke Parker is obviously one of the most disliked contestants in this franchise history. I mean, you saw every every episode revolved around him. How many people did you see on social media saying every single week, why is Hannah keeping this guy around? He's not well-liked. Hannah is beloved. She's America's darling. She's kicking ass on Dance with the Stars. She has 2.4 million Instagram followers. Like, It's a stark contrast from who we're dealing with here. But that doesn't mean you have to immediately dismiss what he says and said, oh, he's just trying to cover his ass or, oh, he's just making that up. He's a liar. We know he's a liar. Look, you only know Luke Parker from 11 episodes on TV. Same with me. I can't sit here and say that everything that Luke said was 100% the truth. But I also can't say that what everything he said was 100% false either. We just don't know. It's his experience. This is what he says. This is his story. I wanted him to get his story out. It's up to every individual to choose to believe what they want to believe in regards to what he said. I think there are some valid things that he said in regards to production and what happens behind the scenes. Like nothing he told, I went, wow, I've never heard that before. I mean, I've told you for years what goes on behind the scenes of this show and how people are prodded and pushed and nudged into certain directions to say and do certain things. Ultimately, are they responsible for their actions? Absolutely. And that was one thing that I was impressed with with Luke in this podcast was he never said, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. He owned every single thing that he did. I went episode by episode because he had an issue in every single episode of this season. So I wanted to make sure we hit on every single one and I wanted to give him a chance to say. He admitted, I never should have said I love you on the first group date of the season or I'm falling in love with you. He said the way he handled the Luke S. situation, totally wrong. The way he yelled at Garrett, totally wrong. Never should have done that. So it's not like this guy is making excuses for everything. In fact, he's owning up to pretty much everything that everyone was calling him out for during the course of the season. However, every story that he had also had a what you didn't see was, you know, yada, yada, yada. I think the biggest thing to take out of this, as I hinted at the beginning of the podcast, was him saying that that conversation in Greece, when he's sitting at the dinner table with Hannah, Hannah specifically told him, I'm with you. I'm not having sex before marriage. Even though she had just had sex with Peter and Jed two, three days before sitting down with Luke. So, yeah, it's, it is it is very confusing. But that's what he says happened. 
I can't sit here and say, and neither can you, and neither can anybody sit here and say he's lying. How do you know? You don't know that he's lying. Can you 100% say it was the truth? Probably not either, because we weren't there. But this is his reality. This is what he says. And, you know, after I recorded the interview with him, you know, he said so much. Obviously, he gave a lot of good information. He he gave a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. And one of the things that he did, when he said that, I mean, he said so much stuff, it kind of got lost on me. I had to go back and listen. And I even texted Luke after the podcast, and I said, hey, man, I just want to make sure that I heard this right. That Hannah told you at the dinner table, right after she had had sex with Peter in the days prior, that she told you she wasn't going to have sex before marriage. And he said, and I said, you didn't hear her wrong or anything like that. And he said, no, absolutely not, Steve. She said, and this is a text from him. I'm reading it directly from my phone. She said, I quote, I share the same heart and convictions as you and do not want to have sex before marriage. It's just amazing that she said that to him knowing she had just had sex. If we were talking about what she had said to the church group at the hometown date, like you hear me say in the podcast, I can understand that maybe from that hometown date until she got on her overnight date with Peter and Jed, she's allowed to change her mind. She could have thought during hometown dates, hey, I'm not going to use this fantasy suites for sex. But then she gets on a date with Peter. She gets in a windmill. She gets all hot and bothered. She's allowed to change her mind. That's absolutely perfectly acceptable. But to sit there at the dinner table with Luke, and as he claims, she tells him, we're basically on the same page. Our heart and convictions are the same. And I do not want to have sex before marriage. But she had just had sex the day before. Why is she telling him that? Why wouldn't she just say, I mean, if I'm if I'm Hannah, this is really what went down. If I'm Hannah, I'm just like, Hey, Luke, I know you're not having sex again until you get married. I fully respect that, but that's just not me. I'm a Christian. I, you know, I have a relationship with the Lord, but I take every relationship and every guy that I'm with um on a case-by-case basis. I I go in the moment. If if I feel like having it, I'm going to have it. If I don't, I don't. I don't know why she would flat out lie to his face. Because that changes the whole narrative. If you believe that story to be true, that changes the complete narrative of that whole conversation that everybody jumped down Luke's throat for that night. How can it not? Of course now he's confused at what she's saying. Because she had just told when she said she, she fucked in a windmill as she's sending him away. She had just told him earlier that night, I'm not having sex before marriage. It's like, what? I, I'm just as confused as you. Uh, that was... <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know what to think. That's a that's a pretty big accusation that he made. I don't know if she's ever going to answer to that. And here's the thing. The only people that know what really happened are Luke, Hannah, production, and whoever was holding the boom mic on that date and, you know, camera crew. Are, are, are production and camera crew ever going to do an interview and confirm that or deny that? No. So the only two people that are ever going to answer to this or Hannah and Luke. We know what Luke's side is. I guarantee if Hannah is ever asked about this, there's zero chance in hell she will admit, yeah, yeah, I told him right before I right before I told him I had fucked in a windmill, I told him I was never having sex before marriage, even though I had just slept with Peter and Jed. I just don't get it. I don't know why she would pin herself in a corner and say that. But thank you very much to Luke for coming on and sharing that. I, I know he's uh, had a few outlets to share things. 
I wanted him to come on and share it with with you guys because I didn't know if any of you had had heard his other stuff, had listened to his podcast with Olivia. I had no idea, but I wanted to get him on and tell his side and you be the judge of uh, what you think happened. All I ask is that you don't immediately say, oh, he's lying or, oh, it's not true just because you don't like him. That's very short-sighted. It's very close-minded. He made a lot of good points and a lot of the stuff that he said about what wasn't shown makes a hell of a lot of sense, to me at least. Um, the Hannah thing, I just don't understand Hannah. I, I don't I don't get I don't get saying that to Luke in that moment when you know when when you're flat out lying because we know you had sex with Peter and you know, Jed. So I don't get it. But anyway, thanks to Luke for coming on. I appreciate that and uh I hope you all enjoyed it and I hope you got some good insight uh from kind of how this show works and how narratives work and how they kind of like to frame their show as the season goes along. But as we're going to do every week uh, until the end of the season, we're going to talk a little bit Temptation Island. Last week, we had Ashley H. on. This week, we have her better half on, and his name is Casey Starcheck. So here's a little um, Temptation Island for you. All right. Time to talk a little Temptation Island as we do every week. Episode number two is airing tonight. Casey Starchak joins us from the Ashley H. and Casey couple. Casey, thanks for coming on. <laughs> What's up, Steve? Good to be here. No, no problem. Thanks for thanks for coming on. And, um, you know, I, I had Ashley on last week, and um, I know you haven't listened to it yet, uh, so I mm-hmm. want to talk about some things that she said and just kind of get your feeling on it as well. Um, just talking about how you guys met. She said you guys met on a dating app and she said she kind of actually not blew you off, but, uh, kind of, (laughs) kind of pushed you off for a while. She blew me off. (laughs) She, she kind of pushed you off for a while or maybe played hard to get. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that was the sense I was getting. That was more like, I kind of played hard to get. I wasn't immediately like jumping all over him. So, so what was it about Ashley that made you pursue her? Well, it's, I mean, it's a funny thing, you know, the day and age that we live in, how dating works and, you know, how so many people do meet from dating apps. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, you're swiping, you're swiping, you're swiping. And then for some reason, some girl just stands out to you a little bit different than the rest. And that was actually when I saw her. Um, So we matched, we talked for a little bit and then nothing. And I'm like, okay. She added me on Instagram. I'm like, all right, cool. Here's my chance. And nothing. And I think a couple months went by, actually, until we actually hung out and met for the first time. So I'm like, maybe she was playing a little hard to get. Um, (laughs) But, you know, maybe it was part of the chase. Yeah, I I was going to say, you said you were swiping, you're swiping. And, you know, sometimes some things just jump out at you. Can I take a guess that at some point in Ashley's picture she was showing her ass? Is that we we talked about that last week about she's very uh proud of her assets so to speak. Her nickname is Ashley. Was was that it? Was that was made you stop and be like, okay. Actually actually no. Oh, okay. uh, she only she only had one photo that even showed her really in a bikini. Oh, okay. And uh on her on her profile and um it wasn't really, you know, meant to highlight that. It was her at a waterfall. Um, so it wasn't really meant like that. I think she actually, you know, I do a lot of like photography and stuff and I'm like, dang, Ashley, do you even know what you're working with right now? Yeah. So I'm like, you got to highlight that thing. <laughs> and I think we saw that in the intro video, right? For you guys last week. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. During the, uh, during the casting special as well, they showed, uh, you know, they came to visit the land and, uh, we did a little mini photo shoot. Yeah, that's right. You were taking pictures of her <laughs> at the, like poolside, right? That was, what, what oh was yeah. Up? Zooming up on the booty. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this idea for the show comes about 
Um, had you watched last season before you were approached or saw anything about this? What what made you decide that this was the route you wanted to go for your relationship? So it actually, you know, it took me a little while to figure out that this was the route that I wanted to take. I pretty much jumped right in from the beginning when I heard about the opportunity, but I had not watched season one. So I instantly got on and watched season one. Ashley and I watched it together and you know, we cringed a little bit at how scary this was. You know, only one couple stayed together, Javen and Shari. So it's like, yeah. what are our odds? It's scary. Um, but, you know, knowing our, you know, our issues that we have and our, you know, our trust issues pretty much are the main thing. It's, it comes down to trust for us. And I'm like, this is the ultimate test. And for me, you know, I want to jump on this because this is a chance to not only just have a free vacation for, you know, a, a month in Hawaii you know, party and live it up, but also in, in doing all that, prove myself to my girlfriend that she can finally trust me and that I'm not like all the other guys. Yeah. And we heard, um, Ashley did say last week on the podcast and on episode one that her thing in relationships, she's always been cheated on every relationship she's been in. Um, and then when I was asking her about, uh, her problems with you, like what I was like, you know, what are the issues that you have with Casey? What, you know, what did you think the reasons were that you had to go on the show? And I think it was some of the stuff that she said in episode one. She felt that you kind of answered for her a lot and that she wasn't comfortable with the fact that you had female friends still that you had hooked up with in the past. So I'll ask you, what did you think outside of the, you know, the standard, hey, communication issues uh, in detail, kind of what, what would you think your major underlying issues were as a couple? Um, it, it really, really sucks, but our major issue, it just comes down to communication and that's it communication. And that really, really is it. She couldn't see you know, my side of things at the time and I couldn't see her side of things. So she just, you know, based on her past, yeah, she's been cheating on in every relationship she's ever been in. And I just can't put myself in those shoes. So when she has these issues and concerns with me, it's really, really hard to understand. Uh, when I feel like, you know, I've never done anything, you know, I can understand, you know, some couples, a guy cheats on his girlfriend and then they have trust issues, yeah. but that never happened with Ashley and I. So it's kind of, I'm stumped. Yeah. And you know, we, I don't communicate that Ashley, you really should trust me. I just kind of assume she's going to trust me because I trust her. So I'm not really telling her how much I feel about her and I'm not giving her a reason to trust me, but at the same time, she's not really communicating her, you know, feelings to me as well. It's just kind of, we're at a stalemate. Yeah, and I kind of said that to her last week. I'm like, look, I understand her side because people say a lot of the times that, you know, don't let what happened in past relationships affect future ones. But for someone like her, when she's constantly been cheated on, it's almost impossible for her not to think, oh, things are going so well, he's he's going to cheat on me. But on the flip side of the coin, which is your side, it's like, look, we've been together, what, a year and a half, right? Like, yeah. And I haven't cheated on you, so what else do I need to do? It's... It's very hard because, yeah, you hadn't cheated for a year and a half, but what if, you know, three months, you know, uh, uh, two years in the relationship you did? Like, I guess somebody who has been cheated on as much as she had, I guess there's really never a way for her to say it's never going to happen because it always has for her. And, yeah, that's got to be frustrating. Yeah, and it's, it's got to be because her last relationship before me was five years. So it's like, what type of competition do I have? Yeah. Does it, do I have to get to five years until you trust me? Yeah. So it's it's a little bit frustrating. It's not a little bit. It's very, very frustrating when you feel deserving of trust, but you don't get it. 
So that was the negative side of it. So let's talk about the positive. What what was the oh, best there's part? lots of it. Yeah. So what's the best <laughs> part of you know when you guys in that year and a half before you went on the show, and you know obviously there's no spoilers here. I have no idea how either of you end up and what happens between you two at the end of this thing. So yeah. talk about it up till the time you left for filming. What is the best part of being with Ashley? Oh, best part of being Ashley with Ashley is 100 percent her smile. Just every single time that I look at her smile, it warms my heart. So, <laughs> so it really, really does. Like she's, you know, self-proclaimed even on her Instagram bio says, you know, my personality is bubbly like champagne. And it really, really is. So you can be having the crappiest day. You come home and you see Ashley's face. And no matter how bad she's feeling herself, you know, because she does have, you know, a lot going on as well deep down. And she might not always be feeling the best, but no matter what, she's always got a bright smile on her face and a bubbly personality. So, um, you know, we do fun things together. We paint, we travel together just this year. I think we did three trips at the beginning of the year before leaving for the show. Um, we went to New York, we went to, um, Asheville, we went to Savannah. So it's like, it's always fun. And she's always down to do literally anything, you know, mm -hmm. let's travel, let's do anything. She's down for it. She's an explorer. So, <laughs> all right, let's talk about the, the show itself. You get to the Island yeah. and I want to ask you, your first impressions, I asked her, so I want to ask you, your first impressions of the other couples when you either were on the boat or when you first kind of sat down and I'm sure everyone was scoping out the other couples, like, hey, how are they like us or how are they different than us? So let's first start out with uh, Gavin and Asanika. Like, what were your first impressions of them? Okay, uh, first impressions probably would be that they were the, um, out of the other three couples that they were the happiest is what I think both me and Ashley were on, you know, the same page about Gavin and Asanika. Yeah. They, uh, you know, they handled themselves well together. They bickered a tiniest little bit, but for the most part, they seemed pretty loving and happy. Um, and you know, Gavin's goofing around, making jokes the whole time. Asanika, you know, like smacking, like, come on, making jokes. So it seemed like they had a cool dynamic. And uh, I definitely you know me and Ashley said after the show, we want to be friends with them. <laughs> <laughs> and then Rick and Ashley. Rick and Ashley, uh, it's a tough one, actually, um, from getting to talk to them before the show. Um, you know, I kind of thought Rick was a little bit of an asshole because of the way that he handled himself with Ashley. They were they were bickering constantly, saying some rude things to each other. And, you know, it seemed like I don't know if I wanted to judge their entire relationship just based on that, because they are about to go into a very tense situation. So maybe it's just the situation or maybe that's them. But it was definitely a little bit more on the, you know iffy side <laughs> i think ashley even said last week at the meeting of the singles that's when a lot of the bickering happened and she even i think turned around to rick and told him to shut up or something because he was oh man making comments or something like that right oh he was making every comment in the book as if he was just there alone <laughs> as if he was single like hey what's up ladies yeah no, it's uh, yeah, and then Gavin was the one that was cracking jokes on all the guys. You know, anytime he can get oh, a Gavin joke had jokes, nonstop <laughs> jokes. Yeah, we only saw like two. I'm sure like he had a comment for every guy that came out. You know, because we didn't even see. You know, we don't see all twelve intros that the guys showed. They chose the ones that you know probably wanted to make it stand out. Of course, they showed Deeks. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> you knew that was going to get shown. Uh, and then Dave and Kate. What is their? Uh, how how did you view them right when you saw them? Uh, so Dave and Kate, uh, you know, first impression of them was that they were very, you know, more reserved and quiet together. Instead of, you know, being more outgoing, talking to everybody, they were kind of more to themselves. And it seemed like they were very, very tense, very, you know, I don't even know the word to describe, but David, David 
knowing him and his personality now, it seemed complete opposite of, you know, what he really, you know, what his deep, deep down personality is. So I was a little bit, you know, off put by David as well. It's, I was like, I kind of, I need to meet this guy and understand him because I'm a little confused. <laughs> yeah. He didn't seem like the most outgoing guy, very talkative, very almost just, and even when he speaks, he speaks in a very monotonous tone not in a negative oh, very way, just, very monotone <laughs> yeah it's just just the way he is it's the way he speaks he's not a loud bubbly personality like the the male opposite of ashley you know you're yes ashley. You know, david just, cracks us up with his personality he cracks us up without trying it's he's hilarious <laughs> interesting um okay so you and this ashley had established rules going into the show of what was considered between you two to be acceptable what what were those rules that you guys had set for each other yeah so, um, so Ashley actually set the rules. Uh, I felt like rules shouldn't be necessary because if you trust someone, you don't have to make rules for them. You should trust them and their behavior. But the rules that we came up with are no cuddling, no kissing, and no sex. So hand-holding was acceptable? Like if you were on a date, um, you could hold hands, or was that not acceptable? I don't even know. That was not on Ashley's uh, list of, of uh, you know, forbidden behaviors. Okay. <laughs> So, so the thing is, like, especially going on a show like this, if you set rules of basically no kissing, no sex, no cuddling, are are you? Yet the whole point is to go out on dates with other people. Can you establish or can you find something in someone else? Not saying that physical dominates a relationship, but can you do it only talking to them for a whole month? Like you can't know what it's like to, you know, possibly lay by them or I don't know. It just seems like to set up rules like that to where you can't do anything physical. The sex I understand. Hey, try not to try not to sleep with someone for 30 days. You know, yeah. you know, I get that. But, you know, you are doing you both know you're going to go out on dates with the opposite sex. And if you mm-hmm. have it in your mind that I can't cross this barrier, it's almost like you're not being your true self because that's not how you would act on a first date. Uh, I think that's that's true to an extent, but also, you know, we have to remember we are in relationships, so we're single for the sake of this time here. Yeah. But we're not single in the grand scheme of things until the final bonfire. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever decision, if someone decides to be single, that is, you know, that would be, you'd have to wait until the final bonfire until you're out of a relationship. Um, so it's 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 iffy, like like you said, you know, you you normally being yourself, you would have no limits to what you do if you were single. And you were, you know, trying to meet somebody. But then again, you know, thinking of my past and, you know, most of the time from the first date, I know if I'm interested in someone or not. And on the first date, I'm not necessarily cuddling, kissing or having sex on the first date. So, you know, you can really learn a lot from somebody and learn how you feel about them just based on the words you exchange and body language. Gotcha. I think one of the biggest things that we talked about last week and the thing that stuck out to me most on the first episode was the last conversation that all the couples had with each other yeah. before you guys split up for a month. I, I could, <laughs> it was amazing to me because I didn't remember it happening the way it did in the first season because outside of Ashley G, um, your Ashley, Asanika and Kate were literally devastated when you guys left. Like they, it's mm-hmm. almost like they didn't want to be there. And I was like, how is this going to work? It seems like these girls like literally do not want to leave their boyfriend. They're going to sit around in the girl's villa like a lump on a log and 
not take in the experience. Obviously, we know things change later on in the season, I'm sure. They're not going to have three girls just sit there and hate <laughs> hate being there or whatever. But <laughs> And I could tell in your last conversation, we could all tell, in your last conversation with Ashley, you were getting frustrated because it was almost like Ashley was almost blaming you for, for her being there. You know, that's why you brought me here, right? <laughs> you were like in that moment – was there a part of you like, oh, shit, maybe this wasn't a good idea? Because she was devastated. Well, that, that moment was – what I wanted that moment to be was, Ashley, I love you. Please trust me. I trust you. Goodbye. I yep. love you. And that was not how it went down in any shape or form. It ended up being a culmination of all our issues and trust issues and insecurities all in one. And, you know, I left that conversation feeling horrible. I wanted to express how I felt about her and it just didn't happen. And instead we argued Yeah, and it really, really just showed, you know, the root of our issue that we needed to be there because there was still something lacking in our relationship. And that was trust. I, you know, it all the way came down to the, you know, the question of, are you attracted or do you find any of these girls attractive? And mm-hmm. I said, yes, I find these girls attractive, but no one in particular. And I just feel like an open relationship, you can be able to admit those type of things to each other. Yeah. Um, but that definitely, definitely devastated Ashley because, you know, being there, she did not want to be there. And I just, I saw this vision for us of, you know, this is going to be good for me. It's going to be good for you. Yeah. And at that moment, all she could see was, you know, fear. Yeah. And she hears you say, Oh, I'm attracted. And then you ask her and she's like, Nope, not at all. I'm not attracted to any of these guys. <laughs> and I was like, I knew that was kind of, that was probably an exaggeration. Obviously, she. Was, but yeah, like doesn't mean you're attracted, but you can admit that guys are attractive. Like, okay, I'm I'm a dude, and I am not. Attra- I'm not attracted to any of those guys, but I can admit that there's attractive guys there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I could just tell by the way she was saying it, the tone of her voice. Yeah, it was, and she was frustrated. And we talked about it last week, and she's like, "Yeah, I was. It was not good. I was not happy in that in that moment." Um, so. Going into tonight's episode, um, we have a, we're going to have our first bonfire at the end of tonight's episode, where you're going to, you know, get to see a clip of what happens, uh, what happened with Ashley, and she's going to get to see a clip of, of what happens with you. Um, obviously, we can't give anything away, but what they have shown in the previews, um, there's a future clip of you getting pretty heated at a bonfire, you know, kind of banging away at your seat a few times. Um, I don't know when that happens or what causes that to happen, nor do we want to get into that. But can you tell us now that it's passed, do you feel that the response to whatever it is you were responding to, to was that an appropriate reaction or looking back on it, do you feel that it was a little bit too much? Because we've seen emotional breakdowns at bonfires. We've seen people maybe even raise their voice a little bit. We've never seen anger outwardly shown like that i i was it's a pretty revealing clip like i said don't get into the details because we don't know what it is but when you see it and you look back what do you, what is your what do you think about it now uh it's just that's a a tough one to you know to speak on at this at this moment okay. you know without giving it too much away but you know i you know, looking back, you know, we've had plenty of time now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's definitely the emotion that I still would have to this day. Okay. Um, I can't, you know, obviously, again, we can't give anything away, but you, your overall. <laughs> it's tricky. Yeah, I know. Overall, your overall experience on the show for you. As Mark says, 
you know, did you find the answers to the questions you were looking for? Is that the is that the line? Find, oh, I hope you find the answers to the questions, but the questions might change. <laughs> Sometimes I get confused on that. But overall, the experience was it what you expected? Um, I think I'll just answer that one with a simple not at all. <laughs> really? Okay. Um, not at all what I expected. Okay, so before we head out, a uh, couple things in regards to you and your life. I know on Instagram, um, you're a big fitness guy, right? Are you a cro- oh, are you a, yeah? Are you a CrossFit guy or are you just a workout guy? Mm, I'm not trying to hate on any CrossFit people, but I am not a CrossFit guy. Good. I am annoying. definitely. I definitely train bodybuilding style. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say that CrossFit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, look, again, not about that life. Yeah, it's it's a it, they're they're. A, they're certainly their own niche, and they're certainly interesting people. A rare because, breed. Yeah, and they want to tell you about how they're CrossFit people, <laughs> you know, nonstop. Um, but, like, fill people in in terms of what you do and what, you, uh, what you've been up to work-wise. Yeah, so what I do, um, I'm definitely huge into, uh, you know, weightlifting. I've done a NPC physique show in the past, and right now I'm actually training for another one that I'm going to do in 2020, um, train, uh, competition in men's physique. Um, but you know, what I'm up to right now is I actually filmed a movie. I do a lot of acting actually. And I filmed a movie called, uh, great people. I was the co-star in it. So the second lead, and, uh, it's a comedy that's going to be coming out in January of 2020. Um, so I'm super, super pumped for that because, you know, comedy is my biggest thing. I love being goofy. And, uh, so to put that on the big screen, it's just an independent film, but it's going to definitely, you know, once it's released, it's going to, you know, take the theaters with storm. I'm hoping. So I'm rooting for that. Um, and it's called, and, it's called know, great people. You said, yeah, it's called great people. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll just summarize real quick, but it's, it's literally a comedy about, it's kind of, it's a kind of like scary movie type humor, but it's a comedy about, um, two kind of like stoner dudes. And, uh, there's a race of gray people that come into America from some Island called gray key. So it's kind of a racial commentary as well. But we end up impersonating them to get into this business program, and then we end up starting our own weed business. So it's kind of like one of those stoner type movies, but okay. it's going to be super, super funny. And it's um, it's an independent release. So we, how would we, how would the public be able to see this? Is it going to be uh, right now? Right now, the details are all being worked out. Um, okay. It's still being edited, and we just dropped the teaser trailer. Um, but the official trailer is going to be out in a few weeks, and more information will be posted on their Instagram, uh, Great People Movie. It's just Great People Movie on Instagram. Okay, gotcha. And, um, but yeah, I'm super excited. Right now, we know for a fact we're going to do a uh, a premiere, um, but we're trying to get it on either Hulu or Amazon, so all the details are being worked out right now. Um, so more information coming soon. <laughs> gotcha. No, it's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Great People Movie on Instagram. You can check out the you said small trailer that came out, and the full theatrical trailer will come out soon. Oh yeah, a few few more weeks till the full trailer, but we got a little teaser up right now, which it, it, it's still full length. It's like a minute and a half. Okay. Uh, well, wow, wow, that's cool. I had no idea that you were into acting. What other acting have you done? Like small, a lot of independent, small stuff, um, short film stuff like that. Yeah, for, as for acting, I've done you know a couple couple of things, you know, extra type work, um, you know, commercial type stuff, but. Um, mostly my bigger parts were all independent films or student films. So this one I'm actually super, super pumped for because I was, I had never been lead role in a movie and uh, a feature film as well. So this is definitely, you know, my, my crowning achievement that I'm excited for right now. Um, but I do a lot of, uh, fitness modeling is my main thing that I've been, that got me into this, you know, industry. 
So I do a lot of fitness modeling. I'm with four different agencies in um, Florida. Everyone always wants me in underwear and speedo, but I'm I'm a I'm more than a piece of meat, guys. <laughs> but uh, so I'm definitely looking to broaden my horizons in uh, in fitness modeling as well. So I'm looking outwards to Atlanta and Miami right now to try to find some new agents. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah, we'll be looking. Uh, we'll be looking for that, and obviously we'll be watching you. Every Thursday night uh, to see how this thing ends up in 11 weeks or whatever. Else. Yeah, another 10 weeks or so. Um, so, oh, Casey, yeah. uh, thank you so much uh, for coming on. We'll definitely uh, be watching. And um, I think um, just hearing you and hearing Ashley's story uh, last week, like it's, it's I'm, I'm really interested and really invested. As, as I told her last week and even as I told Mark, um, I've now seen the first four episodes, and if you were to ask me what's the outcome for the four couples, you could you could literally tell me there's basically three outcomes that you could do on this show. You could leave the couple broken up, or you can leave the island broken up. You could leave the island um, as a couple, or you could leave the island with one of the singles. I said, Mark, I've seen these first four episodes. You could tell me for all four couples any one of those three outcomes and I'd probably believe you because I have no idea where this is headed and I don't think a lot of other people are. I'm sure people are going to have opinions after tonight's episode uh, about one of the couples for sure um, in terms of what they think will happen. I have no idea what's going to happen, but yeah, I'm just in the dark as anybody else. I'm really looking forward to not only you and Ashley's journey, but everyone else's. Um, it's it's Mark even said this finale is like Bafo, like you're not going to believe what goes down in this finale. I'm like, Hey man, can't wait. Um, I heard it's pretty intense <laughs> though. Um, <laughs> you know, I know you can't say much, but, um, I, I heard the I'll say it really is good. intense. Yeah. Okay. It is intense. That's for damn sure. Okay. Um, well, thanks a lot, Casey. I appreciate you coming on and, uh, we'll be watching. Good luck with everything. All right. Thanks so much, Steve. You got it. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thanks to Casey for that. Um, this is going to be interesting. What really goes down at the end, uh, with these couples? Because I'm really clueless. Uh, and tonight, I don't want to give anything away. You saw my tweet a couple weeks ago when I said I had seen the first few episodes, and last season it took five episodes for some physical, quote unquote, cheating to happen. Um, that happens tonight, and uh, you'll see who it involves, uh, and you'll see how it affects the other person that was cheated on, which is a storyline in and of itself. Just good stuff. It's on USA every Thursday night, Temptation Island. We're going to have uh, one half of one of the other couples on next week. I don't know who it's going to be yet, but um, yeah, this is going to be one hell of a season. Don't forget, Nell Coulter's recaps are up every Friday as well, so you'll have her recap up tomorrow morning uh, in case maybe you missed the episode or whatever. She does an excellent, very funny recap of uh, this show. So, Thank you to Luke Parker, who uh, was, you know, a majority of this podcast, a two-hour conversation that was rather interesting. Thanks to Casey Starcheck as well for coming on, and thank you all for listening. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It's so much appreciated. Things are getting really uh, good over here on this end with the podcast and advertisers, and just keep it coming. Please rate, subscribe, and review. Uh, it is it is so important uh, to the podcast. So. For Luke Parker, for, for Casey Starcheck, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. See you.
Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. The South Dakota Stories, Volume 7. My trip to South Dakota was the best summer ever. Now I don't need to go to Mars because I've been to the Badlands. And I caught a bigger walleye than Dad when we went to the Missouri River. Then I rode my bike through these huge rocks called needles. Ooh, I also saw my first herd of bison, even a fuzzy furry baby one. I can't wait to go back and see more. There's so much South Dakota, so little time.